My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. This is the only channel dedicated to UFC fight picks and DraftKing lineups run by MMA insiders and professional fighters. Every week, I join Dan Kramer and Nick Newell, two longtime professional fighters that have fought at the highest levels on the planet, as well as Jacob Lines, a skinny kid from Indiana. So join us every single week for our full fight card breakdowns, our individual fight card breakdowns, our betting guide, and our DraftKing lineups. We have a big week with UFC 262 and a big promotion from Monkey Knife Fight. If you didn't watch my individual video breaking that down, let me walk you through it. This week, Monkey Knife Fight is giving anybody who plays $20 or more a free $10 if Jacob's Lock of the Week wins. So lots of pressure on Jacob this week. So All again, on you, Jacob. Lots of pressure. You're going to owe a lot of people money if you get this wrong. So again, this week, go into Monkey Knife Fight. Go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Deposit money using promo code WWP. They'll instantly match that money, give you free money. Take that free money. Play $20 worth on some of the lines that we're about to walk through for you. And then you win triple. And if Jacob's lock of the week when, wins, when it wins, when it wins, you'll wake up Sunday morning with 10 more free dollars. UFC 262. It is not the most star studded card, but I promise you there are a ton of awesome fights on this card and let's get right into it. Let's talk about Sean Soriano versus Christos Gallegos in a short notice fight. So short notice that DraftKings didn't release prices yet. Monkey Knife Fight doesn't have significant strike lines yet, but we have a full breakdown for you. So, Jacob, what are your thoughts on this fight? And do you think that Sean Soriano taking this fight on like three days notice is a problem for him? It was uh, 10 days notice. He said on uh, the embedded, I think he got the call last Wednesday um, and asked and he said, I'm ready. Let's do it. And he's the training partner of, of Michael Chandler. So I got to imagine that even though this is short notice, he's been training with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler has been training for a, a five round fight. So if he's the main training partner, you, you got to think that normally cardio and you wonder if that's going to be an issue. And this issue or in this fight, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him. Uh, I think what's going to be an issue is uh, Christos is um, his grappling ability. Uh, obviously, you know, Soriano is, is a good wrestler as well. Um, he trains with Michael Chandler, so, he, you know, he's going to get the wrestling in. He has nasty ground and pound when he gets on the ground. Um, he's also a very good striker. He's got very nice kicks. But I just think, uh, is it Giagos? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> I will say, Giagos is, is no joke, man. His last fight, he did take on three days notice. Yeah, and, and he dominated. Entered, and still entered as a 360 favorite. And dominated the fight. And in the third round was still dominating the fight. Like, looked like he had just endless cardio. So, I just I just love Yagos in this fight. His, his grappling ability, his wrestling ability. He can also strike as well. So, um, I, I'm, I'm really waiting to see what these values are going to be. I'm hoping that Yagos is like the, like, 80, I think $8,700 is it's like my sweet spot that I'm, I'm hoping he ends up at. And he's going to end up in my lineup if he does. So, um, you know, if Soriano maybe had a full camp to repair, yeah, I think he'd have a better chance, but I just like Yago's uh, grappling ability and the people that he's faced too. You got to remember he's, he's fought, he's fought Gilbert Burns, Josh Emmett, Oliveira, uh, Jakar close. I think he lost to most of them, but still that he's got all the experience in the world. So I like Yago's, um, in this, uh, matchup. Yeah. And it's interesting because Sean Soriano, 
was in the UFC. He was cut by the UFC, and now he's sort of getting a second chance. And is it because of the Chandler relationship, because of short note? You know, so, uh, you know, it, it's always tricky when that happens because we, we've seen people have career resurgences. So it's not – I don't want to knock the guy that he was cut because that doesn't mean much if he comes back and goes on a streak. With that being said, it is short notice. He's not the better grappler. The striking's probably even. I just don't see him winning this fight. Uh, I think Gallegos or Giagos uh, wins this bell to bell, but it is it is a little closer than these odds, and I think these odds have moved dramatically. I think this was these were much closer earlier in the week when they first came out, and now they've sort of uh, separated because I think some some money came in on Gallegos. But Dan, what are your thoughts here? How do you see this going? And are you also waiting for DraftKings pricing? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the DraftKings price is on this. Um, I don't know that I'm going to touch it either way unless I get a really good value on – it depends. This will be like the last piece of my puzzle. If I get a really good value on one of them and I have I have the money to fill it, um, I might make a play here, but um, it, the, the short notice thing just throws me off. And normally I'd be like, oh, man, short notice. You know, he doesn't have a shot. But – what I will say about Soriano is, you know, he, he's a good striker. You know, he did, like you said, he had his first shot in the UFC, went 0-3, he got cut. He's coming back in on a three-fight win streak. Um, he actually did a bunch of his fights, in the I think, at the CES, which is a Northeast promotion. Um, and all of his recent opponents, all of his recent opponents had experience, too. So it wasn't like he went out and fought complete, you know, three and three guys, four and eight guys. He fought guys with winning records that had 10 plus fights, um, you know, nobody insane, but legit fighters. And, and he won a few in a row. Um, he's been training over at Sanford MMA now. Like that's the big X factor for me. When you switch can't uh, switch camps like that to a good gym, you can improve dramatically. Um, and I know it's short notice, but his last fight that he won was in March. So I mean, it's not like he's coming off a six-month layoff. You got to figure nowadays, if you're fighting and you're wanting to get back to the UFC, you stay in shape after fights. You don't let you don't let your guard completely down. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we're going to see a tougher Sean Sariano than, than people think in this one. Um, I did also read that he was a Rhode Island state champion wrestler in high school. So almost as good as Arkansas wrestling, Jacob, but uh it is rhode island so uh you gotta note that that he's got some wrestling experience um but in in watching tape on giagos uh i, I believe he still trains at black house uh he was supposed to fight i think his original opponent was joel alvarez but alvarez pulled out he's three and two in the ufc won his last fight against carlton minus uh via decision that was the fight you were talking about jacob where he went bell to bell and looked like he you know he had previously had cardio issues in his career he looked like he was in great shape for that fight to go three rounds. And like you said, it was short notice. So he's definitely switched something up with his uh, strength and conditioning because he looked pretty solid for, for short notice, especially on three days. Um, as far as his skill set goes, he looks to be really well-rounded. Um, you know, he, he dominated that fight, multiple takedowns at ease, dominated on the ground and pound, really good positions, transitions, uh, on the ground, even from mount, back, side control. He was just moving all over on the ground, very smooth. You could tell he's a very, very sound grappler. Um, 
he got a little tired in the third, but again, short notice, man, I was impressed. Um, so then I went back to look at his fight against Tracar Close. So it was a lot of striking. And Yagos looked very good early in that fight. He landed some heavy left hooks and the exchanges were close. He showed some diverse, you know, diverse skills. He switched stance, good footwork, some good combinations in and out. So, you know, he looked very, very good in a few fights that he lost. And I think he's improved a lot since then. The big X factor is going to be how good a shape he's in. So if he comes and he was ready and he was in shape, I think this could be a competitive fight, but Knowing it is short notice and how impressed I was with Giagos in his, his last couple fights. Um, Giagos is the pick, um, but I am a little nervous on this one. I would not be surprised to see Sean Seriano uh, make this a competitive fight and be live in this one, just given his training camp and just, you know, recent fight, all those things together. I wouldn't be surprised to see him competitive in this. So, I don't know if I'm going to touch in DraftKings. We'll see what the line comes out at. But, um, you know, the pick is Giagos. But, uh, I think and actually, I have, it, I have it in my notes that it's Yagos, like with a, a Y. I forgot I even wrote Yagos? that down okay. on how to say it. Yagos, yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll redo that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I think you're spot on, Dan. I think um, Yagos should win, is supposed to win. Uh, but this is a is a closer fight than the odds have it. And like I said, that line did move. Uh, but but this is a closer fight. Uh, I'm interested. I don't know if I'm going to play him in DraftKings, but we'll see what he comes out. If if we're talking eight, you know, eighty one hundred, eighty two, eight thousand, eighty two hundred, something like that, then I will. If we're talking oh, really eighty eight, not touching it. So we'll see what happens. Oh, you'll play you'll play Yagos at eighty two hundred eight. Yeah, I'll play Yagos at eighty two hundred if he's a he's going to be eighty seven. I can't imagine he will be. He won't be, but we'll see what we'll see what comes out. I'm hoping he's low as eighty seven. There's no way he's going to be eighty one. No, I I doubt it too. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. Next up at UFC two sixty two, we have Kevin Aguilar versus Tucker Lutz. And before we jump into this. We have a special promotion this week with Monkey Knife Fight. So make sure you go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Use our promo code and play at least $20. And if Jacob's Lock of the Week hits, you get another $10 free from Monkey Knife Fight. So I'll go right to you, Jacob. Uh-oh. What are your thoughts we, here? We are two months into this podcast or whatever it is, a little over two months, and Jacob already has his own promotion. Angelo, I'm telling you, man, this kid is going to be taking over. We're going to be having to like clock in with him. He's, he's running the show, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. Luckily for us, he doesn't have the mental fortitude to run this whole thing. So (laughs) for now we'll keep him in his cage. He can do his little song and dance, make his cute little picks and we'll do all the heavy lifting. So Jacob, why don't you go ahead, do your little song and dance and let us know who wins this fight. We have a very interesting matchup. Kevin Aguilar is on a three fight skid. Tucker Lutz is sort of heading in the other direction, but Dana White didn't even want him. He was on the contender series. Dana White was like, no, thanks. You're boring. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, everyone's going to be uh, paying attention to every single one of these fights, wondering which one is the lock of the week now. Um, and it might be, uh, you know, not this fight because Tucker Lentz or Tucker Lutz is, gonna, is just going to dominate this fight. Um, he's he's going to use his grappling and he's going to dominate the fight. When I look at uh, Aguilar, I see someone that's got some decent power, especially at featherweight. Um, but he just seems slow to me. 
Um, he, you know, he's got good power, but he's low volume um, and he will get taken down. And that's what let's is, will do best is, is just take people down and maul them. Um, this also is um, he started his pro career as a featherweight and then won a bunch of fights as a lightweight. The contender series fights were lightweights. Um, and now he's coming back down to featherweight. He, th- he says he feels better at featherweight. So he's going to be, I think he's going to be the bigger, bigger, bigger guy. Uh, I think the weight um, is going to play a factor in this, especially with the grappling ability. So uh, I, I like him uh, to win this fight and dominate. And he actually made it into uh, my lineup as well. I could not feel more opposite than you. I, I am on the way opposite. First of all, I don't think he's a bigger dude because Kevin Aguilar just fought at 155. So he also bounces up and down. Um, the way I see it, Tucker Lutz, he's, he does have some solid grappling, but Kevin Aguilar, yes, he's on a three-fight skid, but those are good, close fights, and people are giving those losses too much credit, as dumb as that sounds. He's an actual veteran that has fought a bunch of actual very good people in the UFC. He has great dirty boxing. He just marches forward with those heavy hands in that ugly, dirty boxing style, and he has really really solid hips, really solid hips. So if he does get it to the ground or to defend takedowns, he's very hard to take down. His hips are rock solid. The dirty boxing, I think Tucker Lutz, there's too much going against him. You know, he did well in the contender series, but Dana didn't even want him because he was so boring and did so little. And then he finally eked his way in. I, I think Tucker Lutz will be something, but I think right out of the gate to get somebody with the experience and the toughness of Kevin Aguilar right out of the gate, first fight in the UFC is probably a problem. Um, so I think Kevin Aguilar wins this fight. Um, and if Tucker and does you, win, it's definitely and, not a beat. You think Kevin Aguilar has good takedown defense. That's your, don't worry. Don't worry, Jacob. I'll, I'll handle this one for okay. you because okay, I didn't see ahead, that. I, I even wrote down in my notes, we'll get taken down. Uh, I see he, has, he, he down. has solid hips. It's not the best takedown defense. And if he does get taken down, he moves and he comes back up. He doesn't just lay there. And if he ends up on top because of his solid hips, he has phenomenal control. So, Dan, why don't you go ahead and break? All right. Up. So before I say who I agree with here, I'll just kind of get into some of the tape I, I broke down. But first of all, I mean, we're missing one of the most important things here. Tucker Lutz's nickname, Top Gun. That's a solid nickname. <laughs> solid nickname. Tucker Top Gun Lutz. So, yeah, you, you guys said he's 26 years old, so he's he's very young. Uh, but the kid hasn't lost since 2016 is on an 11 fight win streak. So he's been training MMA since a young kid. His only loss was his pro debut. He's got two wins on the contender series. So right. Not the same experience as Aguilar, but there's, there's that equals something, you know, to get in there on the contender series and get those wins. Um, th- that means something, this will be different uh, for sure. Fighting in an actual UFC fight, but um, it's not like in front his, of the crowd too. We, there's a crowd this weekend, right? The crowd is going to make crowd a difference. Works, I, I think the crowd works against Tucker Lutz. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, not oh, only yeah. is a UFC debut, but it's also, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you know, the 50,000 fans are having yeah. to be. Yeah. The experience edge for sure goes to Aguilar. But um, when I was watching tape on Lutz, you know, his last fight against Blackledge, he came in as a two to one underdog in that fight. And he basically showed whether it was boring or not, he does what it takes to win. He's got good wrestling, clinch control against the cage, solid takedown defense if needed. Striking-wise, he's, he's got like a square stance. He's a little stiff, but he does throw some good power shots. Doesn't really have a lot of head movement. 
Um, but he does have good leg kicks and good body kicks. His double leg, like we talked about, his wrestling is solid. Um, he's got a pretty good body lock. The ground, he seems very positionally sound, obviously with the wrestling base. I'm sure he, he's improving that too, to, to be more of an MMA, uh, you know, and have some submissions as well. He went for a guillotine at one point. So the kid's got skills. He's been training for a long time. And he's only 26. These are the sort of guys that improve rapidly when they get to the next level. Um, you know, they, they focus more. They're just, they're younger, they're more athletic, they're in better shape. They're able to, to make leaps and bounds in terms of their training um, a lot quicker than, you know, someone who's a little bit older and been in their career. Um, I was impressed with his last fight, even though it wasn't exciting. So then we go to Aguilar, 17 and four, 32 years old. He fought on tough contender series but he's two and three in his actual UFC fights. Now, who did he lose to? Tough opponents, Charles Rosa, Zubaira, Tukov, and Dan Ige. It's a tough three fights. Um, but his last loss before that was Leonard Garcia in 2013. So that's some serious experience. Um, so he definitely has the edge there. Um, in his last fight against Rosa, you know, I watched the tape just to see what he did. I think there's going to be a very different style matchup versus Lutz. But uh, the one takeaway I, I, I saw from that uh, to kind of summarize Aguilar is he just couldn't adapt. Like Rosa was in and out and, and I've trained with Rosa before. Good dude, uh, solid striker, uh, tricky style, you know, unique style. He bounces in and out. But like Aguilar, at this stage in his career, 32 years old, that many fights, like he did not adapt at all. And on paper, he, you know, I think people would argue that he was the better striker and that Rosa needed to get a submission. And Rosa was just in and out, catching with straight shots and then and then disappearing. And, and Aguilar didn't do anything until the third round. I think he tried for a takedown. He was just totally happy to get pieced up on the feet for two and a half rounds, basically. Um, so that was kind of the biggest takeaway there is I don't want to call it fight IQ, but just that sense of urgency to win a fight. He didn't show it in that one for sure. So, um, and then the fight against Tukov, he definitely looked more comfortable with the striking. Uh, he had some, some decent counters, but he got dropped and finished in the first. So, um, you know, I'm going with Jacob on this one. I think I like Lutz. I think he's younger. He's good enough striking it seems uh but definitely better red wrestling solid cardio um and i think he's gonna have to grind to win this fight because i do think his striking style is probably more similar to tukov's but he's just not as good as tukov striking so if he stands in front of uh, aguilar he could get in trouble but i have a feeling he's gonna go out there use shots to set up takedowns make it a grind make it a wrestling match and wear on Aguilar over the course of three rounds. I don't think it's going to be a ton of points in DraftKings. Um, so I'm probably not going to touch it unless there's a major value on either guy. Uh, now, yeah, I'm not touching this in DraftKings, but I, I think Lutz will win this fight. So I, I agree with pretty much everything except the pick, honestly. I think this is a close fight. You know, I was coming off of Jacob said this is dominant. Tucker definitely wins. And I don't think it's that clear cut. So I, I think it is a very close fight. I would pick Tucker Lutz in almost every other circumstance. The fact that it is his true UFC debut, the fact that he was passed up on, on contender series before this, the fact that Kevin Aguilar is on that losing streak, but 
they're, they're losses against good guys. And he, and I guarantee he wants to get that back. I just think that this is working for a veteran versus, you know, an up and comer. And I'm, and I'm going with the veteran here for the wrestling piece. I, I did research Tucker Lutz. He's obviously his MMA wrestling is solid, but he's a high school wrestler. This yeah. is not like a D one wrestler that's coming in here. And it's a guarantee. He's going to blow through Kevin. Aguilar. He is a high school wrestler. Obviously he's wrestling in MMA, you know, and he's wrestling in training camp, but this is not as clean as like, Oh, great wrestler versus you know, kind of a well-rounded vet. That's not what this is. Um, I think it is, is a close this fight. Is. I, this is a close fight. I am not touching it in anything. I, I don't even like them. I, I don't like the monkey knife fight line, meaning it's a good line because Tucker has like no output. He's not busy on his feet and he's definitely not busy on the ground. So uh, Jacob, I think you're making a mistake putting him in your lineup because he's not going to score a lot of points. And Kevin Aguilar if he can do what he's supposed to do, I would pick the more on him because I think it will be dirty boxing, heavy punches inside, dirty boxing, dirty boxing. But if he gets taken down, those points go away. I don't disagree. I think it, it can be a close fight. The interesting thing about Lutz is wrestling too, because I was looking that up. I'm like, oh, where did he wrestle? And, and basically he started training MMA his senior year of high school from wrestling. So it sounds like he fell in love with MMA right out of the gates at a young yeah. age. So he's been, he's, I mean, for a 26 year old, it sounds can, like he's been can, focusing on MMA since he was 17. So, and you can, you can tell that in the way he talks, just the way he talked about his contender series performances, he won, but he wasn't happy with any of his performances. You know, I should have right. done better. So even at 26, he's not one of those, doesn't seem like one of those wide eyed kids. He seems like he really knows what's going on. So, yeah, well, and, and this is what I opened it up as there's not a lot of giant names on this card. But there's a lot of fun fights and this will be one of them. I picked Tucker Lutz nine out of 10 times. I think UFC debut in a crowd against a vet coming off of a losing streak, trying to get that back. I'm going the other way. You guys are going with Lutz and you're pretty confident in it. So we'll see what happens. But this is one of many fun fights on this card. Next up at UFC 262, we have Gina Mazzani versus Priscilla Cochera in a very lopsided fight, according to DraftKings and Monkey Knife Fight. So this is an interesting matchup because, um, you know, I, I enjoy these type matchups when there's some questions. Gina Mazzani is two and four in the UFC and is a giant favorite, like a giant favorite. And then we have Cochera, who has tons of pressure, throws big punches. She's coming off of a knockout win, and she's this giant underdog who they're not really giving a shot. So Jacob, what are your thoughts here? I know we texted a little bit and you were just not feeling for, for context here. Gina Mazzani is the most expensive person in DraftKings and has a losing record in the UFC. So Jacob, what are your thoughts? Yeah. If I'll be honest with you guys, if I didn't have the, um, the pressure of the promotion riding on lock of the week, I was going to pick this as my lock of the week. as oh just like we're on a, a two-fight winning streak. I, I was just like feeling cocky again. And I really like uh, Priscilla in this matchup. Listen, she could get in trouble with the grappling. You know, Mazzani is, is not a pure wrestler, but she can grapple. She started off as a boxer. And actually, one of those fights away from the UFC, she fought as a lightweight. She said she got 155. She said she walked into the fight 152 soaking wet. But that's that's, that's crazy. But so she started off. Actually, she started off, Daniel, like this as a figure skater and then transitioned to uh, MMA. 
Um, but yeah, she started as a boxer, so she has grappling. Can you give some she... context there. I played hockey. All right, it was not like, <laughs> yeah. like I was a figure you're skater. Like, you're like Jeez. this, and she was also a figure skater. Um, yeah, right. but uh, you know, she's uh, I mentioned she she can grapple, and that's the only thing that scares me in this fight because Priscilla, if you strike with Priscilla, you're probably gonna lose. She's never been fi- or she was only finished once, and that was by Shevchenko. Um, so, you know, that's not a bad, not a bad way to get it one loss, but you know, this is $6,900. I think that's already, um, incredible value in this fight. If she cannot get taken down. Cause I mean, she could spend the whole, you know, the whole match on her back. So if she finds a way to not get taken down, I think she can win this fight. Um, she is a brutal striker. Um, but this was going to be my just wild lock of the week, but I'm taking a step back. I reassessed for the people so they can get their free money. Um, I, 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 um, I stayed away from this and, I originally had Gina in my, in my lineup as well, but I was like, I can't, there's no way I just seven and four, you know, for $9,300, no thanks. So. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch, I would not touch Gina in the lineup. So, so uh, Priscilla, I didn't, I didn't realize I was done. Okay. Well, you were fading away there mumbling, but go ahead. No, go ahead. That's what I thought. So I, uh, I wouldn't touch Gina in my lineup. She's definitely not worth that money. And my opinion is I, I agree with you where I think, Priscilla can win this fight. I want to say I'm picking her to win, but she could spend the whole fight in her back. What she does have going for her, this is striker versus grappler, but what she does have going for her is that Gina Mazzani hates to get hit. Like she covers up, she turns away. Like she does not strike well, meaning like her, her tech, her offense is technically sound, I guess, but she, she does all the things you're not supposed to do. And I think if oh, Priscilla... and uh, sorry to interrupt, but this is important. Her last fight was against uh, Ray, Rachel uh, Ostevich. Yeah, that was hugely oh, that important. That was a woman who got cut I like that. I, I, uh, I mean, do you know Rachel? I mean, do you guys know? I'm just wondering. I just oh, wondered. is this like one of the people you messaged on uh, Twitter? Uh, I would recommend MySpace or whatever it is. Research uh, on she's, Rachel. She's no longer a UFC fighter. So, anyway, I think this is an interesting matchup because usually. If you are striker versus grappler, the striker wants to like keep some distance, pick them apart. Don't let them close the distance. Don't let them take shots. This I think needs to be the opposite. I think Priscilla needs to get in Gina's face, start throwing punches, get Gina to cover up and then just attack, attack, attack and could potentially put her away. If she does give her space and does give her too much time, Gina's going to, you know, latch onto something and take Priscilla down. Priscilla's takedown defense is not good when she's on the ground. She does nothing. So it's it's uh it's close. I'm very curious to see what happens. I'm not touching it. I I will play the monkey knife fight line. I'm going more Priscilla, less Gina, because I think she will come forward. She will attack. Um, and I think Gina, you know, even if she gets it to the ground, isn't crazy busy. So that less, I'm pretty confident with. But uh, Dan, what are your thoughts here? How do you see it going? Yeah, this is one of those fights I, I'm, I'm not touching at all. Like, I looked for a way to find the value in the $6,900 for Priscilla, but, I mean, there is a chance that she could throw one big punch, one crate, you know, come out aggressive, throw a punch, end up on her back, and not get another punch. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that Mazzani's a dominant wrestler, but, I mean, her last fight, you know, I, she wrestled uh, to win that fight. You know, she did what she needed to do. Um, if Priscilla has worked on her takedown defense and could defend a few, yeah, this could be a problematic fight, but her style has not shown that she can do that or cares to do that. So, um, I think Mazzani's the favorite. I, I think she's 
gonna wrestle. She's gonna take her down, probably win a decision. I don't know that there's gonna be a ton of points. Um, so I'm not touching this for DraftKings, but um, I guess, yeah, you know, my pick is Mazzani just based off what I've seen, but I, I'm not touching this fight. Oh, and my, and my pick I, is- I like your, I like your uh, uh, monkey knife fight picks uh, um, over for Priscilla. I mean, she's got to get 28 and a half sometime throughout the fight, I would think. Yeah, because I imagine even if she gets taken down in five seconds in the first round, the second will start on its feet and she just knows I got to throw. I got to throw. Right. Yeah, the 42 and a half. I don't know if they're, I mean, yeah, she's probably not going to get a ton of significant strikes. Um, no. And she's not like the busiest person. It's not like she gets mount and just pounds away. That's not really her style. Right. Um, I, I, I do think this is perfect for a prop bet. I think you throw this a quarter my, of a well, unit. You never, you never let me finish, but Priscilla is my pick to win. I think she's going to win the fight. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mm. Oh, no, no. You did. You said that. You said she was going to be your lock of the week. So, well, yeah. Um, I think Priscilla. You have her in your perfect. lineup, uh, Jacob? No, because I, I think that she finds a way to win, but I'm not, I don't trust that enough to put her in my lineup. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this card has so, so we many went from lock of the week to not in the lineup. She's this my card pick to win, so many, but not in the lineup. There's a lot 6, of 6900 bucks. I mean, I don't know if you feel like she's going to win for 6900 bucks. What are you trying to bully him into a bad pick? Of course, so I can beat him, uh, so I can get him to bet me this weekend and win. Anyway, I think Priscilla is great for a like quarter of a unit knockout prop bet. Just throw a little bit on there. She has that chance, and then you you know that that's probably plus I don't know plus a lot of money. We'll see what that is and check out our betting breakdown. Next up at UFC 262, we have Jordan Wright versus Jamie Pickett, and this one. I am very much looking forward to. This is an exciting fight. Jamie Pickett, or sorry, Jordan Wright has a 100% finish rate. Never seen a decision, ever. He's never waited for a judge to say if he won or lost that fight. And Monkey my fight line, this is the most confident line I have on this whole card. I'm going more and more on both. If I were you, I'd play it before it moves. I'm playing um, right now. Jeez. Every every single one of these lines is like spot on perfect. They're doing an amazing job with these lines. This one, I'm going more and more. I'm very confident in that. My only concern, though, and that's why the line is what it is. It's not a bad line. But my concern is that Jordan Wright does have a 100% finish, right? So he may get a knockout or get knocked out before he gets off that 30, 38th punch. But um, Jacob... With the face, what are your thoughts here? I think I would stay away from that more more um, personally because I think this is going to be one way or the other uh, an early knockout because Jordan Wright, he does have that finishing ability and he is that, that karate guy that throws the wild stuff. But if you watch his last fight against Buckley, he I mean, he gets hit and he gets hit a lot. He does not move his head very, very well. Um, he, he eats shots, um, but against Buckley, you got to remember Bucky, Buckley was a, um, a southpaw. And Jamie Pickett's a southpaw as well, and it seemed like Wright really had some issues with that with that right coming over from the southpaw. So, um, you know, I actually have Jamie Pickett in my lineup um, against Jordan Wright. I just think that Jordan Wright is just he. I just think he's just going to get hit, and he's going to get hit early. Um, he's going to get dropped, and, and Jamie Pickett's going to finish this fight. Um, so yeah, I think Jamie Pickett wins. I, I you guys are very confident. The more and more I would be. Uh, <laughs> I'd be cautious with that. Um, and Jamie Pickett's in my lineup. 
Yeah, it, it's a good line. The line is good. Like, so I'm just confident in it because I don't think it's going to, there, there is a, a knockout at some point in this fight. And I also, I don't and think, I also think too, I also think too, that Jordan Wright is a, is a, is a pretty decent grappler as well. And I think because he was getting beat up on his feet so much, um, I can see him coming in and just trying to shoot takedowns. Um, and, and there, and there's another uh, reason why it might be uh, less, less on that. Well, so. what's funny. And you're just making a habit of finishing, then pausing, letting somebody else start and then making another. Point. Oh, I forgot. I me. Mean, I have stuff written out. out. I have, I have literally have and like readjust your notes, man. Figure that out. That's ridiculous. Have, Everybody gets their time. It was on a different page. And it's all these yeah, pages. pages and pages. Yeah, pages. It was on yeah, the next Jordan Wright chapter. Right. Anyway. There's like tic-tac-toe games all throughout the top. <laughs> Mazes that I he made. His notes like a couple just, notes about, uh, you know, embedded. Yeah, it's it's hand-drawn. He's like got boobs on 10 there. Out of He's 13 got the three lines the with the I S do more research than anyone. 10 out of 13 lock of the week, I do more research and better research than anybody. I'm not even going to get into the accounting of the lock of the week because I don't want people to lose faith in this week's monkey knife fight promotion. This and one, speaking, uh, yeah, of, stay, and stay speaking tuned. of and stay tuned because this lock of the week is a guarantee this week. Really <laughs> guaranteed. I hope so for everybody. Oh, I know where sake. you're going with it. So stay tuned for the lock of the week because this week monkey knife fight is giving anybody, any, we want picks fan, anybody that used the link at the bottom of this screen and signed up for monkey knife fight. Anybody who plays $20 on any of these lines, they will give you ten free dollars when you wake up on Sunday. If when if when Jacob's lock of the week wins. So sign up at playmkf.com slash we want picks. Use our promo code WWP to get some free money. Take that free money, play one of these lines and get even more free money. And if you don't, send Jacob a Venmo request for that ten free dollars because he owes it to you. We'll My send everyone thought, his his Venmo name. <laughs> My thought, yeah. Big red D. My thoughts here. I think that <laughs> Jamie Pickett is very tough. He's very durable. He's also my pick. So you're spot on there, Jacob. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, my, my issue with Jordan Wright, you mentioned he could wrestle. He is a good grappler, but he doesn't really look to wrestle, right? Like he ends up in grappling exchanges and he does well there, but I don't think he initiates offensive wrestling takedowns. Uh, that's not really his thing. I don't see him going for that here. Um, but I think I'm confident in the more, more, I think Jamie Pickett wins. And this is the type of fight I didn't check out the betting odds yet, but I would definitely, um, cause technically either not technically, but you know, either one of these dudes can knock each other out. I'm going with a does not go to decision prop bet or a doesn't start the third round type prop bet, depending what those odds are. Because I, I, I will say this is a pick but I do think Jamie is the pick because he's just, honestly, at the end of the day, he's just more durable. So, Dan, what are your thoughts? So, uh, I think this is going to be a close fight. Um, I don't really see it the same way you guys see it necessarily. I think you guys are both pretty heavy on Jamie Pickett. Um, I actually am giving the slight edge to Jordan Wright in this one. Um, so watching tape on both of them, uh, you know, Pickett, he's one on one on contender series, 0-1 in the UFC. He lost his last fight to uh, in Chuck Wee. Uh, that was in December. He tried to fight a distance fight, but Chuck Wee just pressured him and he couldn't deal with it. Um, he did get a takedown on the cage at one point, so he may have a little bit of wrestling, but it, I think that was just because he was getting beat up on the feet. Um, 
overall, he just couldn't deal with the style and the pressure of uh, Nchukwe in that fight. This is going to be a totally different matchup. Jordan Wright is also a striker with kind of a more of a karate style. Um, you know, you mentioned it. He lost his last fight to Joe, Joe Quinn Buckley. I think that's also a very different fight than, than Jamie Pickett is. Um, you know, Jordan Wright, the, his style is, you know, he throws decent kicks to the body and head. He does have KO power. He's got decent fundamental, you know, good fundamentals in, in striking techniques, but he does keep his hands low in that kind of karate stance. And in that fight against Buckley, he was trying to use his karate footwork to evade, but he's just not fast enough to really do that against a guy like Buckley. Um, you got to be pretty quick and pretty good with the footwork to avoid a guy coming at you that hard and that fast. So um, he did get knocked out in the first round of that fight. You know, prior to that, though, he won 11 fights. And interestingly, uh, prior to, yeah, five of his fights were knockouts, wins, and five were submissions. So I forget which one of you guys said that. Wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Wright. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Wright go for a takedown. So this is what has me leaning towards Jordan Wright. Forget all the tape. It's a close fight on tape. He trains at Jackson Wink, right? They are known for game plans. They are known for putting together a solid foundation to beat a certain fighter. Um, given their stylistic matchups and then both being long fighters and fighting long, I still give the slight edge to right there. I think he's just a little bit better of a striker, a little more, maybe a little bit more technical. Um, Pickett's just a little bit more athletic, but overall very similar styles and skill sets. Um, I'm literally just giving the edge to right based on him training at Jackson Wink, and I wouldn't be surprised if he mixed in some takedowns. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think Jamie Pickett really had the power, at least, you know, he, he didn't show it against Nchukwi. Um, He did have him hurt in the third round, but I think that was more just kind of like a clean one, too. It wasn't a, like a devastating power shot. So uh, my, I'm picking Jordan Wright. I don't think I'm going to put this in my DraftKings for 8100 bucks, but I'm still moving a few pieces around. Um, but my pick is Jordan Wright, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with over over on this. The only concern with that, honestly, is if if Wright gets a knockout, I don't think I don't think Pickett will do it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, no, nothing you said is wrong. This this is a pick'em. I was leaning towards Jamie Pickett. Literally, I think he's just tougher. At the end of the day, I just think he's tougher. He has more stay power. I think he'd be harder to put away. Uh, Jordan Wright does get hit, but. That that's literally the only reason I'm not confident enough in that to put Jamie Pickett in my lineup. I do like the more and more sort of win some money on this. I'm going more and more. I'm pretty confident in that more and more. That's a very low line. Um, so I'm very confident in that. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I'll probably be looking for some props for ends by stoppage or doesn't start the third round because I do think they will go at it. And while Jamie Pickett is not the best finisher in the world, Jordan Wright gets hit a ton and does a ton of hitting. So he's a killer be killed kind of guy. And uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple, uh, a couple bucks on that in a prop bet. Next up at UFC 262, we have Andrea Lee versus Antonina Shevchenko. That is the older sister of the champion, but don't let the last name fool you. And it did not fool the odds makers, but it did fool DraftKings. DraftKings is going real heavy, real heavy on Shevchenko, the second most expensive fighter on the card. 
the odds are probably, in my opinion, where they should be. But this is an interesting, you know, to me, this is an interesting matchup. I think this is a lot closer than it says. But Jacob, I know you're gonna. We talked about this earlier. You're you're pretty high on Antonina, but what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I so I see this as almost like a mirror image of each other. Uh, I see Andrea Lee is, is has very good with her with her judo. I think she can score a lot of points. She also has one of the most terrifying nicknames I've ever heard. It's just frankly KGB um, is her is her nickname, which is just absolutely terrifying. But I just see I just think that Shevchenko is going to be. Better everywhere where better everywhere where Andrea Lee wants to take the fight. So everywhere that Andrea Lee wants to take the fight, I think that Shevchenko is going to be just a step ahead of her um, in all those exchanges, whether it's in the grappling with the judo or in the striking. Um, obviously, this isn't you know Valentina, but uh, this is as close as you can get, I think, in, in the same skill set. Um, so I think she's she's just better everywhere. I wanted you know Andrea Lee to. I wanted to be able to pick her at $7,000. I thought she was going to be incredible value with the way that she fights, but I just, the way that Shevchenko can just mirror everything she does a little bit better. Shevchenko actually made it into my lineup at $9,200 um, just because I think that she can just outdo her in, in every aspect of the fight. So just, just like a Shevchenko, I mean, that's just what they do to people is, you know, you come in with whatever game plan and they're just a little bit better everywhere. So uh, I like but her to win this fight and she's uh, in my lineup. She's definitely not better at grappling, and her takedown, Shevchenko's takedown defense is horrible. Like, actually horrible. Not even she's just like kind great, of like, I mean, that's very what Shevchenko bad. does. She, I mean, her, her, her sister Valentina does the same thing, where if you get on them, they just judo through you and end up on top. Her, their, her judo is incredible. I, I don't know, Jacob. If you saw no. the uh, Chukagian fight, she got taken down so easily and just over and over again on the ground. But well, I'll get to it. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to end up picking the same way as you, Jacob. Um, but I, I do want to actually, I, I want to get a little bit more tape on Andrea Lee's wrestling um, because I think that could be a huge problem for Shevchenko, but um, I didn't really see well, wrestling as much. Yeah. I saw I, more throws than anything. Yeah. I'm still, I got to get some more tape in later this week, but yeah, the, the throws, I mean, here, here's the bottom line, right? Okay, Shevchenko got fought Chukagian. She got surprised with a game plan of pure wrestling out of somebody who I don't think shot a takedown in any fight prior to that, and she got smoked. She got exposed. I'm willing to bet that the Shevchenko sisters, hearing how hard they train, their life is MMA, they travel together, like they are uh, well-prepared fighters. I don't think she's going to let that happen again. And I'm sure she's doing everything she can in training to prevent that. So that's kind of the one thing that has me like, all right, even if Andrea Lee comes out here trying to, trying to wrestle, Shevchenko is not going to let that happen again. Um, Shevchenko is definitely the better striker. Um, you know, she trains with her sister, Valentina, obviously. So she's getting high level round striking. So I, I just think, you know, assuming she's improved the wrestling defense, um, I think this is her fight to win. I think she pieces her up on the feet. Um, and I think if Andrea Lee does go for takedowns, again, big assumption, but I think, think Shevchenko will be ready this time. And I think she's probably going to score a good amount of points in DraftKings from striking. But man, 9200 bucks is a lot for somebody who is not almost a lock for a finish. So um, I don't think I'm going to touch her in DraftKings although I could see her scoring a bunch of points. Yeah, it, it, it's tricky. And I, I didn't want to imply that I think Andrea Lee's going to win. My, my point was that Andrea Lee has a clear path to victory. Like it's there. 
So we're, we're making assumptions that because of her last name and her family, that she's fixed those giant grappling holes, but she has giant hole. Like she gets taken down very easily. So that's my concern. $9,200 is a ton of money. And I put her in my lineup and then I took her out of my lineup and then I put her in my lineup and then I took her out of my lineup. And it's just so funny because if she didn't have a price on her, I, I feel like the $9,200, it's what is like in the back of my mind saying, she's so such a huge favorite. You got to put her in your lineup. So it like, it messes with me. Um, Andrea Lee will not win the striking exchanges. She's not the better fighter all around, but she is definitely the better grappler. And that is her path to victory. She must know that. So I agree with you where Antonina must know that grappling was a hole or, you know, she got taken down pretty easily by Chikagian, who to your point is a striker. And then Chikagian had a good game plan and executed that game plan and dominated. So if Andrea Lee is like, oh, I'm a striker too. I also can wrestle. I also can have a good game plan. I could dominate this fight if I want. That's what makes me nervous. <clears throat> so Antonina has bounced in and out of my lineup 10 times. I'm not touching it. <clears throat> I get all choked up. I'm not touching it. And this strike line is, is very tricky. Very tricky. So I, if I have to pick this strike line, I'm going less I Andrea on Lee. Lee higher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would go on. less on Lee, higher on, on Shevchenko is what I would do. Um, but if Lee executes a wrestling game plan, then no. And Shevchenko's strike line is low because she's not typically high volume output. She just isn't. Her, neither is her sister. And that sounds ridiculous coming off of the fight two weeks ago, but her sister is typically not high volume. So th this is a definitely an interesting fight. And if you want to play that monkey knife fight line, hit up playmkf.com slash we want picks. Use promo code WWP. They will instantly match your deposit. Then play $20 wherever you want. If you win, you triple your money. If Jacob hits his lock of the week, you triple your money and get $10 free put in your account. This is an interesting one. I don't know what I'm going to do with Shevchenko in my lineup, but we're all pretty sure she should win. Next up at UFC 262, we have Lando Venata versus Mike Grundy. This to me is the most confident I'm, I am in uh, the most confident I am for any fight on this card. Better say the I, right name. I have Grundy in my lineup. I have Grundy in, um, I'm going to have him in some bets and Grundy is my pick. Just an absolute animal chain wrestler who never stops. Doesn't come up for air to breathe. These odds are perfect. I'll take these odds all day. And that DraftKings price, five points of takedown, Nonstop takedowns. Jacob, I'll let you continue to clap and I'll go to you, Dan. Why do you agree with me? Uh, I actually do agree with you. Uh, you know, I think Grundy is going to win this. I think he's going to win via wrestling. Um, I think his striking is, is not bad. You know, he lost his last fight, but he's won nine out of 10. So he's one and one in the UFC, but he's won a ton of fights recently. Um, He's got a powerful right hand. He looked good. I mean, everyone talks about the wrestling, but his striking looked good against a uh, very tough Naramani, who was a cage warriors champion. Um, you know, he dropped him and finished him in the second. So I think this is one of those guys that is a wrestler knows he can wrestle and is working very hard at improving his boxing and all of his other skill sets. So, um, you know, 
think like Josh Koscheck back when he first started and was a pure wrestler and all of a sudden he was knocking guys out. I think that's kind of a, a style that Mike Grundy's going to have. Um, Lando Venata. The only thing I'll say uh, with Lando Venata is this dude is wild, exciting. I mean, he's three and five, uh, three, five and two in the UFC. So he's won three of 10 fights in the UFC and they still have him there. There's a reason for that. It's because he's exciting. He throws crazy stuff. Uh, and he's also hasn't had easy opponents. So, you know, he had Tony Ferguson in his de- debut, Dracar Close, Mark Diakesi, Bobby Green. Um, so he's had a, a, you know, a tough lineup of, of fights and ones and the guys he lost to. Um, so it's hard to count him out, really. Uh, he could come out crazy, land something big. Uh, you know, he did fight Bobby Green to a draw, too, a few years back. So, I mean, he's been in there with good guys. He hasn't won, but he's been exciting and thrown some big stuff. So there's always that chance he lands something big. But I think Mike Grundy's going to just stay composed, mix it up, wait for the right, you know, times to throw big shots, and then wrestle when the openings are there. Um, and I think he's going to dominate the fight. Anything other than, a you know, a freak knockout from Venata early, I think this is Grundy. Uh, via unanimous decision beat down. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll add for Venata there is this is his first fight at 145, so he's coming down in weight. I imagine that will affect his cardio a bit, and defending takedowns, relentless takedowns, is, is you know, uh, he'll probably gas, or if he doesn't gas, he, he'll definitely be a little more sluggish than he normally is. He typically comes out fast. He's a very fast starter, and normally... If I'm playing this monkey knife fight line, I'd probably do the over or the more on Venata because he does come out fast. He does have high volume. He is exciting. And I'm definitely going to do the more on Grundy because even with all the wrestling, he's going to throw heavy punches to set up the wrestling and he's going to throw heavy punches on the ground. I don't know if Venata is going to even have the opportunity to land more than 47 and a half. That's my problem there. This might be a less for Venata, a more for Grundy. Um, and I'm just relying on Grundy's wrestling to keep Venata at a less. But Jacob... You also agreed. Do you have anything to add? I do. Yeah. Uh, Landon Venata is also have, he's a pretty good wrestler on his own. He actually got, was going to wrestle D one uh, at Tennessee Chattanooga, but dropped out after a semester. So he's definitely got uh, wrestling credentials as well. I don't think they're up to par at Mike Grundy. You know, he's a work like a world champion, like Olympic world level. Tournament, yeah. Um, tournaments like that. So it's not quite on that level, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stuffs a couple and gets some strikes in because he does throw some wild stuff. And he mentioned that Tony Ferguson fight. His pro debut, he took on two weeks' notice and should have won the fight. He had Tony, I mean, destroyed in the first round and just couldn't finish him. Um, so that would have been just unbelievable. So he's got the talent. He just, like you said, he, he gets wild, and I think he just tires him, himself out. I see him always getting tired in the second and third round. So I think that he's only been finished once, uh, that being Venata, but I think that Grundy actually finds a way to finish this fight late just with the relentless wrestling. Um, so he's also in my lineup as well. And I think he wins this fight. Uh, 1200 is, is, uh, or I'm sorry, minus 120 is a, um, great value. Um, even, you know, as a favorite. So, and as far as the monkey knife fights, I think I'd go less more. Did you say less more? I said less more because I don't think Lando even has the opportunity because of the wrestling. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to come over and, and, and then shoot and he might, he might be able Veneta might be able to stall. And maybe with those, you know, while he's stalling the elbows and strikes like that, but I think that's all he's really going to have this fight. Yeah, I just, I just, I just made my play less more, and I instantly regretted it, thinking Venata probably 
might be able to get because you said he hasn't <laughs> you can, been finished. You can cancel it. I did. Um, I played a oh, monkey knife fight line earlier as soon as they dropped, and then regretted it. But they let they actually let you. Um, you can exit. You can just hit the little X in the bottom of the app, and they let you. Yeah, the, yeah. Really? So if the yeah. line adjusts, I don't know if it moves. If it favor. moves, I don't think you have that opportunity. I don't know, but I I yeah, played it. The, the only time he's been later, finished was it was against Ferguson. And yeah, if you guys watch that fight, he like had Ferguson just absolutely destroyed in the first round. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this this will be a fun fight. Uh, I think these odds. I'll definitely put some money on Grundy with these odds. I'm definitely having him in our lineup with these odds, and I think we're all very high on Grundy. The monkey knife fight line is the only one that uh, we all agree on it, but uh, you know, anything can happen. Next up at UFC 262, we have Jacare Souza versus Andre Muniz in the battle of the jujitsu titans. Interesting. This is tricky. Very, very tricky for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's basically a pick em with the odds. DraftKings feels very differently. And the strike line is tricky. I was hoping before the strike line was released, I was like, oh, I'm going to hammer them more on both because I thought they'd be like, oh, two grapplers. They're just going to grapple the entire time. But Sousa's, Sousa's number is pretty high. So so uh, I think the play on the significant strike line is it's so hard with Sousa. It's definitely more on Muniz. It's so hard with Sousa. But before I jump into that, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Do you think they grapple, first of all? Do you think that either one of them even want to attempt that? Or do they strike? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to end up being... Well, I mean, there's a few ways this fight could go. I think let's call it uh, for the sake of fun that the grappling is a net neutral. I'm sure people argue both ways on that. Muniz being younger. I mean, they're both very, very good grapplers. Uh, Muniz has a ton of wins via submission. Jacare does as well. Um, but the one thing I'll, I'll say where I think Jacare has a big edge is the power in his striking. I mean, Jacare has a bomb of a right hand. Um, and from what I've seen in the tape on Muniz, he gets hit. His, his striking is still improving. Um, and, and Jacare is, I mean, the, the guy's a legend, first of all, but he has experience. He's patient. He'll sit there and wait like Dan Henderson with that right hand ready to unload it. And when the time comes, I could see him landing a bomb. And, and I don't think uh, Muniz is necessarily going to be able to get a takedown easily. Um, I think Jacare could probably get takedowns easier than Muniz would. So um, I think Jacare can really control where this fight goes. Um, I think a lot of people are, are, are counting him out because, you know, he's, he's lost his last three. But, I mean, let's take a look at those losses. Jack Hermanson, current champion, split decision, and Kevin Holland, which – I still think that that Kevin Holland fight was a fluke. Like that was literally going to a T what Jacare wanted to do. Took him down at will. I mean, it was like, cause I I had Jacare in that, uh, in a couple bets. I had, I think I had him in DraftKings. I was like, ah, this is, I I knew I was going to get this right. And then all of a sudden sour grapes, Dan. (laughs) I mean, whatever. I mean, good for Holland, but I think we found out the truth in the next couple fights if you don't land a mortal combat punch from your knee, your knees or whatever the hell he did, uh, it's probably not going to be good having no wrestling defense. So anyways, I, I thought, I think Jacare Jacare is my pick in this. Um, I like him. 
I was hoping he would end up being a, an underdog. I think the line might have shifted here. He might be an underdog now. Um, so I, I think I'm going to put him in my lineup um, for the 8,500 bucks. I, I just think I think he's got more ways to win. I think he's got more upside in his striking. I think people are counting him out um, because of his age and, and his three losses. It's uh, it's dead even now. Negative 110, negative 110, negative 115, negative 115. So, Okay. Yeah, and Dan, uh, you're 100% correct. Um, Jacare, so I mentioned earlier in the Shevchenko breakdown, I, I kept falling into the trap. She'd be in my lineup. She'd be out of my lineup. She'd be in. When I would take her out, I'd put Jacare in because I, I think Jacare does have more ways to win this fight. I don't know Muniz's you know, actual grappling credentials. I know they're both phenomenal grapplers. They both have all sorts of different titles. I don't know how those actually stack up against each other, but functional MMA jujitsu, you have to go with Jacare. And he, he's old and he's been put out completely unconscious, which is not great, especially at that age. But he does have power. Munoz also has power in his hands, though. But Jacare does have power and he's on a skid. And I think the skid is why the odds are what they are. But look who he's lost to. He lost to the freaking light heavyweight champion in a, in a, five round fight. Like he's not getting blown out. The Kevin Holland thing was a fluke in, in the way he lost. I think Jacare wins this fight as well. I don't know how much grappling there is. Um, and that actually makes me a little nervous because I don't know how stable Jacare's chin is, right? He is 40 something. He did get put completely unconscious, which is not great. With that being said, he's been in more of these fights. He is definitely the more polished striker he definitely has power in that hand um i just hope that you know andre's youth doesn't win andre this fight right i hope just the the gift of a young healthy chin and the gift of unlimited cardio doesn't win this fight because i do have jacare in my lineup right now i did shevchenko i have jacare in there 8500 is a good price point but I, I could have afforded more um so this is interesting and if i have to play the line I'm going to go more and more on both, but 48 and a half is a lot. So Jacob, you, you nodded, you shook your head. I don't know what way you're going. What are your thoughts? I'm, I don't like this guys because we are agreeing like way <laughs> too much. We've been all on the one side of, of way too many fights. So I almost want to pick uh, Andre here just to pick him um, because I agree with you guys. I think, I think Jacare wins his fight. I, I don't think Andre is going to submit Jacare and I, I don't think he's going to knock out Jacare. Um, I think Jacare's, like you mentioned, he's got the power advantage and he has power late too. I mean, third, he has third round power to where he's still coming because he's not like a, a high volume striker. Like he, like Dan was saying, he'll kind of sit on a punch and wait. So he has that power late. Um, I think the only way that Andre can win this fight is, is with just sure or with sheer like volume. I think he's just got to get in there and throw some strikes. I don't think either one of these guys want to be on the ground with the other one. I think this is going to be a striking match the entire time. Um, so I, I, I think that Jacare wins this fight um, either with his power or, you know, just finds a way to just control the entire fight. You know, if Andre comes forward and throws a bunch of strikes, he can win it on the scorecards. But I just don't see any other way for uh, him to beat Jacare. So Jacare, you know, I don't trust it enough to um, to put him in my lineup, but I think he wins this fight. Yeah, it, it is interesting because Andre could just go out there and just grapple him immediately. He could say, I don't care who you are and just grapple. um Jacare immediately. And, and like I said, I don't, I don't know the technical credentials who is more credentialed and which tournament was more significant because there's 10 million world championships out there. With that being said, 
uh, Andre is busy on the ground. He's very busy when he gets into those grappling exchanges. Like his his takedowns are not very good. He forces them because he's a strong dude. They're not very good, but he's busy. He's active on the ground. And Jacare's not as active. He's a threat at all times because of who he is. But, you know, the, that that would be my fear is, you know, like I said, the youth of Andre. And with that, just the, I don't care. I don't care what his credentials are. I'm going right at it and just go right at Jacare, immediately take him down and just no fear for Jacare's grappling. And if that's the case, you know, top is top. And yeah, he might not submit uh, Jacare, but top is top. So I, I don't think he's going to be able to take him down that easily, though. He's not. He has his takedowns that. are not good. That's, right. you know, his takedowns are not good. So I don't think he will either. But, you know, that that's just a concern I have is that if he wanted to take the grappling to Jacare because he's just not worried about it. You know that that could be a problem because he is very active once they hit the ground. This so, is this is probably my most confident uh, monkey knife fight. I, I think I really love the uh, less more here because, like you said, Jacare doesn't throw a lot of volume, and I think Andre for him to win the fight, I think he's going to have to throw volume. Um, so I, I like the less more here. Yeah, I'm positive on the more, but yeah, uh, you know the the Jacare line is they they I think they did a great job with that. And and if you want to play that line, go to playmkf.com/slash we want picks. Use promo code WWP and they will instantly match your deposit up to $100. If you deposit 100, you will have 200 five seconds later. If you play one of these prop lines and win, you will triple that money. And then if Jacob's Lock of the Week wins this week, you'll have another $10. If you start with 100 real dollars out of your pocket, you could end up with $410 by playing just one of these lines. Next up at UFC 262, we have Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bontorin. This is another fun fight. Like, honestly, this entire card, there's nobody. There's a couple names, and there's a belt on the line. But these are just killer matchups. They've been doing a great job lately, leaning on matchups and fightability and not relying on just giant names to get these things going. So I'll go to you first, Dan. What are your thoughts here? What do you think of this line? A very disparate, significant strike line, but what are your thoughts here and how do you see it going? Yeah, so, I mean, this is a tough fight to call. Um, I, I think the odds are about right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was watching tape on Bontorn, and I'm like, oh, man, he's going to walk through Schnell. And then I watched Schnell, and I'm like, man, this guy is good. <laughs> they both have submission skills. They both have... Uh, power in their hands schnell i would say is the sharper striker uh more technical um but bontorin has i think high high level amateur boxing experience so um i'm leaning at you know i think there's a value to bontorin at 7300 bucks um on the ground i think he's probably on paper the better grappler but Schnell's got a bunch of bunch of subs. And I mean, the, the one thing I'll say and, and why I'm going to lean towards Bontorn in this is Schnell is very hittable. He does not mind getting hit. He'll take one to give one. Um, and that's always kind of a recipe for a coin flip type fight. Um, but Bontorn hits hard early. So like, I mean, in, in, in Schnell's last fight um, against Pantoja, that was a wild round. They both had each other hurt and Pantoja eventually put him away, but he looked good when he was looking good. He was looking great. And then all of a sudden he got clipped. So um, I think this is going to be a wild opening first round. Um, 
for 7,300 bucks, I think I'm going to put Bontorin in my lineup. Um, but I have a feeling over the course of three rounds, Schnell might be able to pull it off. So I don't know on the pick, you know, I, I'm just going to keep it all the same. Uh, I'm going to stick with Bontorin. Um, in in a low confidence pick to win the fight, but for seventy three hundred bucks, I think he's a great value. I have I actually have decent confidence in Montorin because Matt Schnell has a tendency to brawl, and I know he's gotten away from that recently. But Montorin, he is. I, I didn't really know he was had a technical boxing background because he really just throws big heavy shots literally just to set up his grappling and his takedowns. And I think he's just going to come forward, throw those big shots. And I think he's the guy that can get uh, Schnell to brawl and just go right back into his old ways of throwing wild. And Bontorin hits way harder. And I think he could put Schnell out to your point. Schnell gets hit a lot. So I think Bontorin has the power. I think he can bait Schnell either intentionally or unintentionally into a brawl and catch him there or if he doesn't catch him there, if they get it to the ground, Schnell's the better, or, um, Bontorin's the better grappler for sure. So I, I think Bontorin's the pick, uh, and it's mostly because Matt Schnell's willingness to get hit and sometimes unwillingness to you know fight a technical fight and not just brawl it out. But Jacob, real quick before Jacob goes, because I know he's gonna have he's gonna have some great insight too, but. The one thing that has me worried about Schnell, I mean, not worried because I'm picking Bontorin and putting him in DraftKings, but um, he uses his head work and his athleticism for defense. But guys who throw looping power shots like that, you got to be you got to be Anderson Silva to do that over the course of three rounds. So, um, you know, just that style of defense and plus the willingness to get hit just feels like he's going to get hit with a bomb. Yeah, and I was, I mean, we're, we're, I'm kind of down on Schnell, but to, what what he does have is uh, he's fast as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. he's insane. I mean, he's the favorite fast. of the fight. I mean, look at him, minus 165. Yeah. So, yeah, no, and, and he's fast as hell. And if Bontorin throws big looping punches that are a little slow to get there, and Schnell throws that really fast jab right in his face, you know, that, that'll back him up and, and cause some problems. So, uh, this is not, I don't think this is like, oh, the, they got it wrong. Bontorin is going to dominate this fight. But I do think Bontorin wins. I think he has more ways to win, obviously. I, you know, I think he has more power. His jujitsu is definitely better. So I think he has more ways to win. Um, but it's not. Bontorin almost submitted Kai Kamaka their last fight. Like that fight was oh, Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe it Rogan. wasn't Kamaka. It was Kai Kara France. Kai Kara France, France, whatever. His first name's Kai. He almost submitted Kai. Uh, Kai his last fight uh, and Rogan was doing the, Oh, it's over. It's, it's under his chin. It's over. I know he does that a lot, but it looked like it was over for a minute. And then Kai car France got up and just landed a bomb on him. So, um, but he was in big trouble early in that fight. Yeah. This is an interesting one. Jacob, why don't you go ahead and uh, let us know your thoughts here. Dan and I both going with the underdog. Yeah. Did you guys watch the uh, MTV show caged when Matt Chanel was on it? No. Okay. I, he was on that show. I don't, I, I remember I don't that, show that, being, that show is. I remember bully beat them. Oh, really? I remember, I remember cage being on. Um, I don't think I watched it, but I remember seeing it on from time to time, but he's from the, he's from the MTV show uh, cage. And he's uh, one of, I think two people that ended up fighting professionally from that show. So there's your fun fact of the day. And I'm actually kind of glad that I stayed away from this fight for lock of the week because Bontorn 
was going to be my lock of the week, like my actual lock of the week until I found a better lock of the week. But with you guys would have been on my side, that would have been very, very weird. I don't know if you guys has ever, I don't know if you guys have ever been on my side for lock of the week, maybe once, maybe twice. I, I don't know what it usually you guys are completely opposite. Early so, on before it came off the rails, we were like with Clay Guida. Okay. So I, I was going to pick Bontor and I, I still think he wins this fight. The only way, the only reason I stayed away from it was because I found someone a little bit better. Um, and this is a little bit short notice for him. I think it's like two weeks notice, uh, somewhere around there. So it's not like a true shoe or a true, true, uh, short notice, but it's still a little bit short notice for him. Um, but I like his ability to get this to the ground, uh, to dominate in the grappling. Um, you know, I don't see, like you said, Matt Chanel is very, very fast, but a lot of his strikes are just one, two, one, two, one, two, just very quick stuff. I think Ben Torrance got the power, got the grappling. So I like him to win this fight, um, as well. And he didn't quite make it into my lineup, um, because I have a, a different lock of the week, um, but, you know, I think it was a fight. The one thing I want to do on Buntorn uh, throughout the week is, is watch some tape of all his, you know, third rounds and just see where he's at cardio-wise. Like, I didn't see anything too alarming yet, but I, but I, I really want to dig into just the third rounds of a few fights because I could see if Schnell does survive. I mean, he's a pretty he's, – he's got decent cardio and he's a crisp boxer. So um, that would be one of my only concerns. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. I mentioned it about 10 times, Freddie, but they're doing a great job with these matchups, and they're they're really bringing out these guys that you don't really know about, and then all of a sudden, they're wild firefights. Next up at UFC 262, we have Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza in a firefight. Just a, an absolute firefight. Before this significant strike line was this dropped, This is going to be said, awesome. I'm so excited for this fight. Before they screwed me again on this significant strike line, though, because before it dropped, I'm like, I'm hammering the more. And then Shane Burgos is 76 and a half, which is such a high number, but he might do it. That, so that, that's real tricky. But Shane Burgos charges forward, throws 10 million strikes. Edson Barboza is like a counter striker who doesn't back up. So with some of the craziest kicks you'll ever see either to somebody's head or to their legs. This is just such an awesome fight. So you can hear the excitement in my voice. Daniel, who do you think wins? And are you touching the DraftKings? Um, I, I am uh, doing DraftKings here. Um, I'll give you kind of my breakdown real quick. But yeah, first of all, could not agree more. This is going to be an exciting fight. Both of these guys are absolute savage strikers. Um, so let's start with Burgos. I mean, his only losses are to Josh Emmett in his last fight and Calvin Qatar. Um, and those guys are both very, very good fighters and very good strikers. Uh, Burgos is an unbelievably good striker. He's got very, very clean, straight punches, good boxing, just a solid stance. He, I mean, he just has an imposing stance to him um, and a big frame for the division. Um and man, he's got a good chin. He got hit a lot last fight and he ate them all and was coming back, you know, firing down the middle with shots. Uh, he's got good calf kicks, very versatile. So he's just a very, very well-rounded striker. Um, the one thing I'll say is he did get hit a lot in that last fight. Now, stylistically, it was a tough matchup for him. Josh Emmett is kind of throwing, you know, when you're a, a tall uh, striker that sh throws straight punches and you got a, a shorter guy who throws power hooks and comes in over the top. Um, you're always a little open. And I, I think uh, Emmett exposed him there. Um, 
So that could be that. I mean, that's playing a factor into my pick. Let's put it that way. So then we got Edson Barbosa. I think he's one of the most dynamic strikers in the UFC um, and has been for a long time. A lot of people are down on him because he's one in three in his last four fights. But let's look at it. Two of the fights were split decisions, Ige and Felder. I thought he beat Ige, to be honest. Um, and then let's look at his last five losses, right? So Khabib, Kevin Lee, Gaethje, Felder, Ige. And I was actually, I, I didn't write it here, but if you go to his last seven losses, I think the next ones are like Tony Ferguson and another killer. It's insane. who Like, it's just not fair who this guy's had to fight. <laughs> um, so, I mean, to have that many losses, like, I don't even think that's a knock with the guys he was fighting. Um, Michael Johnson and Cowboy were Michael Johnson, uh, right? And Cowboy yes. too is another loss. Yeah, so that's eight, and that's Cowboy. So Cowboy was number eight. So that's Cowboy. Yeah, five years ago, when, Cowboy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Ago. Seven years ago, actually. Right. So, I mean, his losses are literally to the like the top ten of the division. Um, so, anyways, I, I just think Barbosa. I think this is going to be a fight where. Like we kind of see there's levels to this, right? Burgos is very good, but I think uh, Barbosa is next level uh, in terms of his striking. So um, I think it's going to be a ton of points in DraftKings. Uh, I think Barbosa, you know, obviously we just talked about it's the more experience, experience against higher level fighters. And I think he's going to find Burgos's chin multiple times in this fight. He might not put him away. So there's always a chance he could get clipped with like a counter shot uh, from uh, from Burgos because Burgos does throw pretty nasty counter shots back. Um, but I, I, I got to go with Barbosa, who I think is just the better striker. Uh, he's in my lineup for draft. I mean, it's 7,800 bucks. Come on. I mean, that, that is a value and a half. Um, so he's in my lineup. I think he wins the fight. And yeah, significant strikes. It's tough because Burgos could get 76 and a half. I mean, they could both get 90 strikes. Well, Barbosa is a little less volume, but I'm going to go with less more. And that accounts for the upside in a Barbosa KO midway through the fight. If that happens. Yeah. The, the, the Shane Burgos line, they nailed it. That that's the, that's just such a tricky one to, to pick there. Cause 76 is a lot, but he is crazy. He just marches forward throwing bombs, just the high volume. So I, I'm sort of in the boat with you, but I, I just kept being like, Shane Burgos is going to win. Like, look at this dude. Look at the volume. Like, look what he does out there. He's going to win. The The thing that makes me so nervous, though, is Edson Barboza. I, I actually think it's his leg kicks. I don't know if Edson Barboza, I don't think his counter striking will be as effective against Shane because Shane has so much volume. I don't know if Barboza is going to have enough time to counter strike every single one of those. Um, but I do think if he throws in those nasty, like they're not even just leg kicks, like he completely turns his hip over and just leans into him and just destroys people's legs. And if he does that, Shane Burgos isn't going to be able to move forward the way he does. He'll slow down significantly. Second round comes around and, and his volume is going to be cut in half because of those leg kicks in the first round. So this is super tricky. I actually, don't have either one in DraftKings because I agree with you. They'll both probably score really well. I'm just not confident enough in who's going to win. Like I, I'm leaning towards Shane Burgos because, you know, it just his volume is insane. And Barboza is older and has been in some wars, and that's got to wear on. This fight's at 145 pounds. 
I don't know how he made 155 pounds. And now he's coming all the way down to 145. That's got to suck something out of your chin. It's got to suck a little bit out of your, you know, out of your cardio. So he fought uh, three know, rounds against Dan Ige in a war. I know. Was- and, and, but that can't last forever. <laughs> like it's crazy. Like it's just so tricky. I, I'm not playing it in DraftKings because um, there's so many unknowns. I, I, I'm leaning towards Shane Burgos, but only because I'm just waiting for Barboza to like fall off the cliff. All right. Like you can't be in those wars for 10 years and then not, not do not turn in the cowboy. Right. Like eventually it's, it's Barboza's five fight skid and that's it. Just like Cowboys in right now. So. Barboza is 35, by the way, like he is older, but it's what's cowboy 38, 39. I don't know, but, but but they have, it's, it's the careers were similar. Fought killers would strike like crazy all the time. So I, either way, and, my point is to me, this is so close to pick that I don't know if I'm comfortable with either one in DraftKings. But I guess if you need the room, Edson Barboza is a great pick for DraftKings because there will be volume and he's cheap. But I don't need the room, so I'm not going to put him in my lineup because I'm not confident enough that he's going to win. But um, it's a great fight, great lines. Jacob, what are your thoughts? I love Shane Burgos, love the guy. Listen, he's from the Bronx, man. I'm from the Bronx. Angelo, you're from the Bronx. We're all from the Bronx. I'm Bronx. You're from the Bronx, Jacob. I'm, I'm, I'm New York tough, man. There's nobody God. tougher than me. I'm, I'm from the Bronx. You must have gotten bullied so bad growing up. <laughs> yeah. If he was from New York, he wouldn't have all these mental breakdowns he constantly has off camera. All right, so that's just it, pure lie. All right, that's good to know. When, when it comes down to New York tough, though, it definitely is not me, but it definitely is Shane because this guy, there's nobody tougher than him. He just he he's a definition of take one to give one. That guy will just sit down on punches and keep coming forward if he gets hit. Um, he was gonna be when I saw on this card, I was like, please, please be the underdog because I want to make you the lock of the week just because it would be exciting. Obviously, he's not. Um, yeah, the dark, it's, it's it's even odds with DraftKings eighty four hundred dollars. There's no way I could make him lock of the week and get away with it. <laughs> um, so he he wasn't the lock of the week, but I like him to win this fight. And Angel, I actually agree with you completely. There's gonna come a point where Barbosa is gonna lose a step, and I think it's gonna be this fight where you see that he kind of lost a step. I don't think he's gonna have the same KO power he used to have. He's always gonna have those kicks, but uh, you know, without the the power coming from his hands, I think that Shane Burgos, you know, gets in the pocket, gets in his face, and really and really does well in this fight. So I have Shane Burgos um, winning this fight um, with the mo- with the money. Um, he was in my lineup, but then he, he was out of my lineup. But you know, if something drops, so, you know, I'm gonna look to put him back in my lineup because I'm that high on on Shane Burgos. Jacob, I, I love that breakdown, and now. I have Jacare in my lineup at 8,400 bucks. And now I'm like, does Shane Burgos score more points than Jacare? And he might. I think one thing I'll say about Burgos, the thing that scares me the most about Burgos is his chin. Like he, I think he's going to get outclassed a little bit early on. Like Barbosa is skilled enough to use his footwork. I think to stay away from, Kind of the the walking zombie. That chin, man, that that chin see New York winners, man. New York winners, oh baby. God, Nobody stop, tougher. Please. Nobody York, tougher. It's not even good. Uh, it's not good. And guy, he's from yeah. Indiana. You and I are the ones from Connecticut. <laughs> At least know. like Nobody tougher than New York, baby. We run this place, baby. Oh my God! Now he's talking like Jay Z in a New York accent. <laughs> That's exactly um, what that sounded like. Right. <laughs> Now, I, I, the thing that scares me the most is Burgos' chin because he, right, he could get pieced up. 
and it could be like a highlight reel fight for Barbosa, and he just walks forward and lands a straight right hand that just floors Barbosa. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, Barbosa trains at ATT, so he's going to have a game plan. He's going to be well prepared. Um, and like I said, I think he's one of the best strikers, uh, one of the most versatile, dynamic strikers in the sport. Hundred um, percent. And behind Jose Aldo, the best leg kicks you'll ever see. Yeah, he's got to keep the distance though. That's going to be the factor. In out and not let Burgos walk him down. Yeah, it's like literally if, if Burgos starts marching forward, plant your left leg, launch the right leg at his legs, and then circle out and just do it over and over until Shane can't walk forward anymore. Burgos right. has good kicks too, so I imagine he's going to be able to check. He's going to be pretty good at checking him as well. So, Well, yeah. th- this, is a, th- this is the most exciting fight on the entire card, honestly. This or the main event, but th- this is a great fight, so I'm looking forward to it. Next up at UFC 262, we have... Another New Yorker, Jacob. We have Caitlin Chikagian versus Vivian Arujo. I agree with pretty much everything on this screen. I think uh, Caitlin Chikagian is really tough. She works really hard. She's sort of, I want to say solid basics, right? Nothing flashy, nothing over the top, but, but very solid and comfortable and does what she's supposed to do when she does it well. With that being said, Arujo looks for the finish. She's crazy athletic. She's fast. She has conditioning. Um, and she's the better striker. But I don't know. I think the experience of Chikagian can be an issue here. And when I say experience, don't look at the records because they're, they're somewhat similar. It's, it's, I'm talking about high-level experience. I think the experience of Chikagian might be a little too much for Vivian. That's why I agree with the odds here. But uh, this is an interesting matchup. They, they fight somewhat similarly. But Arujo's faster, more athletic, and has a little more power. But Jacob, what are your thoughts? Uh, can you remind me what the promo is this week? Oh boy! So this week, with Monkey Knife Fight, they will give you ten free dollars if you play twenty dollars on any one of these prop lines. Any one. So go to playmkf.com/slash/wewantpicks. Use promo code WWP. They'll instantly match your first deposit. Then take that free instant match money, put it on any one of these strike lines that we walk you through. And if you win, and if Jacob's lock of the week wins, you'll triple your money and you'll get $10 free. So Jacob. And if Jacob doesn't hit the lock of the week, we will send you all his address and his Venmo. And then he has a choice. That's not yeah. going to happen, Dan. That's not going to happen. 10 bucks. That's or not going to happen. A visit. That's not going to happen. I have no idea, none, how Caitlin wins this fight. I have no idea how Caitlin wins this fight. Vivian is just, she's just better everywhere. It's great. She's a, she's a dominant striker. She's going to get in her face. She's probably going to knock her out. And she's got grappling in her back pocket. I mean, she's a, she's a fantastic grappler and doesn't even need to use her grappling. If she wants to use it and submit her, she'll do that. If she wants to win the striking, she'll do that. Caitlin has, you know, hasn't finished anyone in like four years, has like 12 decisions out of 15. She's not going to be able to go to decision against uh, Viviana. I just, I just don't know how she wins this fight. She would have to win by decision, but I just think the volume is there with Arojo that she's just going to come forward, be in her face. And, and this is the lock of the week. And you, you guys are welcome for the, the free $10 because this is an easy, easy pick. The, the easiest lock of the week I've had. I think to date, honestly, I think to date, I have no idea how Caitlin wins this fight. None. I, I, 
listen, I have Vivian. I have a spreadsheet. When we go through these, I have a spreadsheet of all the fighters, all my notes, and then I have columns of each of us and who we pick. I have a check mark next to Vivian. She's she's my pick. But Caitlin Chikagian, Vivian has cardio issues, which is a problem. Caitlin Chikagian has experience and zero cardio issues and no problem completely changing who she is as a fighter to win a fight. That's what makes me nervous for you and for everybody's $10. But it's I, I have a Rougeau on my spreadsheet for Welcome. my pick. Welcome. Welcome. So, Dan. We welcome you with open yards. Me and the Dan. People. Welcome to Walk of the Week. Is she, is she in your lineup? No. If you think she's going to win at 7,400, that spreads very good value, Angelo. I is she in my lineup? No, she's not in my lineup. I mean, that's very good value at $7,400 because I think she wins. I don't need the I money. Think- this, this card is full, full right. of people. Everyone on this card is $8,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be playing with my lineup all week. So I think I think Vivi wins, and I think she dominates, and I think she gets Vivi. Vivi. That's her nickname. Vivi. Just call her V for short. I mean, that's literally what her nickname is listed at. So nickname. That's where that's where that's what her Instagram is too. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and break this down for us? I mean, I I basically I agree. Well, not as emphatically as Jacob, but. (laughs) Um, I, I are, like the, are you guys both going to be on my side? Because I might have to change my locker if you guys are both on my side. <laughs> All right, that's I, what listen, we should start my, doing. No matter what, we should just start agreeing with this lock of the week. His head will explode. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I listen. Here's what I think. I think this is going to be a very close fight. Chukagian. I mean, it's it's tough looking at records, right? She's alternated wins and losses in her last four, but she is good everywhere. Good striker, long and rangy, stays busy, but she doesn't have a lot of power, right? But she does what she needs to to win. Like that's her kind of memo. And she can do that really against any level of competition. She's beat people that she's not supposed to beat. And she's lost to people that she's probably supposed to win against. But overall, she's very good and she can hang with anybody. Um, I think she can wrestle if she needs to. We saw that against Shevchenko. Uh, she dominated Shevchenko on the ground. Um, and, and she won her last fight against a really tough Cynthia Calvillo. So um, Chukagian's good. You know what you're going to get out of her. Um, but I think Vivian Arujo is just a little bit better of a striker. I don't want to say better. Listen, she's she's got more power for Come sure. Come on, Dan. Keep power it going. Come on. She's got more power. Um, but less cardio. But less cardio, right. So there's there's like alternating forces here. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think ultimately it's going to be a, a – a very close fight. I have here in my notes, basically, this is going to be a back and forth striking fight. I'm going to pick who is ever a value in DraftKings, And that happens to be a Rougeau. Um, I do think she can win the fight too. I just think it's going to be a close fight. I think uh, this is going to come down to who executes, executes their game plan the right way. Right. If uh, Chukagin can keep a at a distance, stay busier, just keep racking up the points, landing more shots. She could win a decision, but if Arujo really pressures her and puts a beating on her and doesn't gas later in the fight or mixes in some takedowns and gets some uh, scrambles on the ground where she ends up in a good position, she'll win the fight. So uh, I think it's going to be a close one, but for 7,400 bucks, lock of the week all day, baby. <laughs> Here we go. All three of us. Here we go. Well, my, ride my, the train. Choo-choo. My only concern. Over uh, more, more on the on the. Yeah, more, more is a good play strikes. on the significant strike line because they are both strikers. I disagree. The I disagree. only thing that could I think that, that, I think that Vivi, I think, 
I honestly th- think that Vivi's going to come in and use her grappling and dominate on the ground. And, sim- yes, and so, could it's so funny because I have uh, my notes are Caitlin's path to victory is to grapple. And uh, Dude, Arujo was a brown belt before she even started training MMA. That's She's what I was very- Vivian's the black belt. But you know how it is, man. The belt doesn't matter. And I, I don't think Caitlin, like she's not going to win if she's grappling off her back. I'm talking about use her striking, wrestle offense on top, heavy hips. If she's going to Henzo Gracie's in the city. Like she's not a bum on the ground. And no, I don't yeah. think she's going to get submitted. So that that's what makes me nervous is Caitlin is pro- definitely has the higher fight IQ just from experience. Definitely has the better cardio and has the better wrestling. And, I, and I, I disagree with the fight IQ too, because because Vivi, when you watch her fight, she know it just she knows when she's winning striking to keep striking. She knows when she's losing exchanging to use her grappling. It just seems like she always knows where she is in the fight, and that's what that's what kind of pushed me over the edge. That it wasn't just like someone that's just running forward, and I think she's going to run forward. I, she knows how to play in and out. She yeah. knows how to use her grappling, and she knows when to use it and at the right time. And that's what put me over the edge and made me think that there's no way. I don't think that Caitlin can win this fight. Well, I swore to myself after, I think it was last week, where, I mean, I thought I won uh, the bets I made, but lost a few close, questionable decisions, we'll say. Uh, and I swore, I'm like, you know what? I am not betting on any close fights anymore unless I have the person with the better card- cardio and I'm already breaking. Uh, <laughs> so I think Arujo is going to win. Uh, Chukagian does have the better cardio, but I still think Arujo is a little bit better. Well, this is, this is a fun one. We all are relying on Jacob for that You're free $10. Ten, baby. You're welcome for the 10. I actually only broke it because Jacob made it the lock of the week. I was like, I can't go against the lock of the week. So <laughs> Well, and just to put it in every week, what do you mean you can't go? You you guys go against the lock of the week. Now other people's money. Yeah, it's been hurting my wallet. I mean, to be honest, I've won 10 of 13. I know. I I don't want to get into hurting my wallet. I don't want to get Angelo makes it feel better, though, at the end of the night when he venmos me. But it's listen, it's 10 free dollars, literally free money. You get free money twice. Go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Make a deposit. Let's say you deposit one hundred dollars. They will give you another $100. So now you have $200. You take the free $100. You play it, let's say, on this line. You're going to go more, more. You hit it. Then you win more. You now have $400. And Jacob's Lock of the Week hits. And you wake up tomorrow and you have $410. Or Sunday, you have $410. You only deposited $100 and you didn't even use it. So sign up. Play a line. Win some free money, and like Dan said, if Jacob misses this loss of the week and Chukagian wins, we will give you Jacob's phone number, and you can text, call, request, address. do what you want to do. I would do. love he, that. He owes you money. Yeah, he would love that. Anyway. We'll give, we'll give his address. Next up at UFC 262, we have the new co-main event of the evening. We have Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush in two guys whose trajectories are in the opposite direction. Tony Ferguson went from everybody thought was going to be the champion of the world to two fight skid to Benil Dariush, who just looks unstoppable lately. This is a real tricky fight. Real, real, real tricky. The only thing I know is I like the more on both of these. If Tony Ferguson fights like how Tony Ferguson fights, I don't know if he'll ever be himself after that Justin Gagey fight, but Daniel, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. This is, I mean, it comes down to what you just said at the end there, like what Tony Ferguson are we going to see, right? So, um, I mean, I watch tape on these guys a little bit, but I, I mean, I've seen most of all their fights anyways. So, uh, you know, let's just talk about Ferguson. Guys fought everybody on an absolute tear, uh, 12 fight win streak, and all of a sudden he fights Justin Gagey. And that was one of the worst beatings I've ever seen in my life. I literally still get chills thinking about that fight. Like I was like yelling at the TV, please. He was twitching and like his body was having spasms because he was getting hit so hard throughout the fight and he wouldn't go down. Um, That was just, uh, I didn't even enjoy it towards the end, to be honest. That was so bad. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I think it's a combination of that fight. Um, You know, his last fight against Charles Oliveira um, it really surprised. I don't want to say it surprised me because Oliveira won. I, I, I thought Oliveira would win that fight, but the way he dominated, I was like, man, this just doesn't look like the same. It was like Tony, Tony was afraid to engage. He was taken down multiple times, almost finished. Um, so it's like the, the, the Gaethje war. Plus if you, if you read what's going on in his life, I mean, yeah. he's got some major issues. It sounds like. Uh, police being called, custody, divorce. I mean, that just can't be good. Um, so, I mean, all those things coming together, it just feels like Ferguson's going the other way. Um, yeah, I did get a little uh, – somebody told me before the um, Oliveira fight that, hey, don't bet on Tony Ferguson. He's been drinking every day and just is an absolute train wreck right now. And I bet on Oliveira. I was going to bet on Oliveira anyway, but I went heavier on Oliveira after hearing that. <laughs> and it, it, it paid off. So who knows? Has he turned his life around? Is he still drinking and get, you know, dealing with all this stuff at home? I don't know. Um, so it's a tough one to call. But I know if the, the old Tony Ferguson shows up, this is going to be a scrap. So too many variables, too many unknowns here. Um, you know, but then you look at Darius, and like you said, the guy's on, on a tear. He's on a six-fight win streak. He's beaten a lot of tough opponents. He's looked very good. Um, I will say, though, he never – it's funny. Like, his style, he never looks like, like oh, man, this guy's going to be the next champion. He just has a steady pace and skills that work. Uh, he's gotten in trouble a couple fights, but he just – he stays in them. He's got that steady pace. He's got power in his hands, good wrestling. You know, he just – he doesn't look like an incredibly gifted or talented guy, but always wins. And I, I love fighters like that. I love guys that aren't the freak athletes, but they just manage to outwork people um, and win. So I, I got to go with Dariush, uh, knowing kind of what's going on with Tony and what we've seen lately. But I don't know. could be an interesting fight if uh, the old Tony Ferguson shows up. I think there's definitely value at, uh, on him at 7600 bucks. And I would say if Darius wasn't going to wrestle so much, um, I would probably put him in my lineup just because I don't care who you're fighting. If it was going to be a striking fight, Tony Ferguson's not going down. And for 7,600 bucks, you're going to get points out of him. But he could get out wrestled and just pinned down for three rounds. And I don't know that I want to uh, to bet on him if, if that could happen. So. Uh, Dare uses the pick, not touching it for DraftKings. And on the significant strikes, hmm, I'm going to go with 
less more and assume Darius gets his wrestling in, land some ground and pound, and Tony Ferguson doesn't get off the shots. That's the assumption I'm making, and Darius is in my lineup because wrestling scores a ton of points in DraftKings. You get five points for the takedown. You get control time now. Oh, I do have Darius in my lineup. Sorry. Okay, oh, that whole spiel. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. I, mean, I'm not, I, I was thinking about the Tony Ferguson. Well, yeah, you know, I bet you were. hundred times, so I don't know. He's in there right now. I just checked. But. Yeah, no, I, I have Darius in my lineup. I, I just think I think Tony Ferguson, that's it, man. I Listen, I'm one of the very few people who thought Tony Ferguson was overrated during his wild win streak. I would say to Jacob all the time, I'm like, Tony Ferguson's like a mid-tier fighter that is just somehow hitting this streak. You and said I don't that about know how Max he's Holloway doing. too. I did say that about Max Holloway, but um, that work out for you. Yeah, yeah. Guy landed 7,000 strikes against <laughs> Calvin Qatar, who they were saying was the best boxer in the division. Yeah. But before that, the three fights before that, yeah, but he, um, he beat Alex twice. I just think, you know, um, I've always thought Tony Ferguson was a little bit overrated. He gets by on his just pure toughness and just he's an actual crazy person. And he does crazy, tricky things. Half those fights he won, he was losing. But because he's so wild with his sharp elbows, he would literally slice and dice people. And then he would win the fight like that. So, um, you know, I, I, um, I think Justin Gagey took a piece of Tony Ferguson out of him. Uh, I think it sent him on a downward spiral, uh, both personally and professionally. And I think this just continues that streak. I have Dariush. I think at this point in their careers, I don't even know how old Tony Ferguson is, but just wear and tear at 37. this point. 37. Okay. And Human years, 37 wear and tear years, 4,724. <laughs> yeah. He's taken some beating. So, and the poor dude, man, he tripped over an extension cord and didn't get his title. For, like the poor guy. The poor guy. He's had a rough couple of years, right? He was supposed to fight Khabib for the title, tripped over an extension cord, didn't fight for a year and a half, and then Justin Gagey, like, murdered him. So I think him and Diego Sanchez ever had a beer together at the bar. I just It would be the wildest conversation ever. Yeah. So I just think Dariush definitely has the better wrestling. Tony Ferguson, he wrestled in high school, but he's not a great wrestler. So Dariush definitely has the better wrestling. He wrestled at Grand Valley State, I think. He played baseball too. So the um definitely has the better wrestling, Dariush, at least in MMA. He definitely has more power. Tony Ferguson never had a lot of power, but he's super tricky and um has high volume. And I think Dariush is just younger, less wear and tear, and and just more well-rounded. Tony Ferguson could have a million tricks up his sleeve and come out there and and do the craziness and destroy Dariush. I don't see it happen. I have Dariush in my lineup. Jacob, why don't you go ahead and tell us how Tony Ferguson beat Justin Gagey? Yeah, Tony Ferguson was the 2006 National Collegiate Wrestling Association National Wrestling Champion, 165 pound division in college. So he definitely has wrestling credentials. He didn't. Yeah, like, then, just then, then what's interesting? So I'm 100% wrong, but he doesn't use it ever. Right. It's, it is very interesting. And he gets he, taken he, down. It's not even he, like well, he yeah, he'll, he'll use it in like scrambles and stuff to get in like certain positions. But yeah, he does get taken down. That's why it all, it doesn't seem like he's a very good wrestler, even though he has all those credentials. He's even got the uh, the wrestling tattoo, I think, on the yeah, the USA. Leg, yeah. Whatever. He wrestled at Muscogon Community College, says Google. I don't know if that's right or not. But. Uh, he went, he it's a Grand Valley State. I said it's a Grand Valley State. Hmm. Um, Central Michigan, then transferred to Grand Valley State. But uh, anyway. 
Tony Ferguson, if he had 10 more seconds in that Justin Gagey fight, he wins the fight. He dropped Justin Gagey at the end of the second round with a wild upcut. Like you said, one of those wild strikes. He caught Gagey. Gagey just absolutely folded right at the bell. He was going to win that fight, but he also did just get the absolute crap beat out of him the rest of the, the rest of the fight. And I agree, Angelo. It seems like every fight that he's won, he, he's losing. We mentioned that, uh, what was it, the Vittoria, the uh, – Veneta fight. Veneta's on this card. We mentioned I mentioned that fight early where Veneta had him absolutely destroyed and beaten the first round. He ended up and Tony ended up getting a submission win in the second round. Um, so you know, as tough as Tony is, he 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 finds a way to win fights when he's the tougher guy, right? He he finds a way to out tough his opponents. And this is going to be one of the first times where he f- comes face to face with someone that's just as tough as he is. And I don't think he's going to be able to out tough um, Darius. I think he has all the skills to be able to beat Darius, but when it comes to toughness. I don't think he's going to be able to out-tough Darius, and Darius is, is uh, a little bit better in the grappling. Um, so I think I agree with you guys. I think Darius wins this fight, but I don't think it's going to be – I'm not confident enough to put Darius in my lineup for sure because Tony is just weird and wild enough to do wild stuff and do what Tony does. But I, I think that Benil should win the fight. And fun fact, Benil, he, I, I saw him on the Embedded. That man sweats more than I've ever I, – I thought – it. It looked like he was unhealthy how much he was sweating. He said, he told his wife, I'm going to get on the treadmill and just do a light run. It was a hotel treadmill, just shorts and a t-shirt. And I, it looked like somebody was just pouring a bottle of water over his head for like a half an hour. I've never seen sweat like that in my life. It has nothing to do with anything. Just thought I'd throw it in there. Darius wins the fight. <laughs> Jacob's research. I mean, he watches <laughs> Embedded. I almost, you know what's funny? You know, I'm funny, actually Dan? jealous. I wish I wish I could watch Embedded all day. I really you, do. You know, what's, you know what's funny is I almost was going to try and spin that into, he sweats so much, so I don't think Tony's going to be able to submit him because he's going to be too sweaty. Oh my but God. I, stay, I stayed away been, from that. That would have been a reach. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to do things like that. Imagine he slips out of a submission. Jacob would be showing the clip, talk, <laughs> replaying himself, talking about the sweat for the next two weeks. <laughs> Well, either way, uh, it's an interesting fight. I actually don't think it's going to be that exciting because I, I don't think old Tony, Tony Ferguson shows up, but it's definitely an interesting fight. I'm very curious to see what happens. You know, depending on the outcome of this fight, we definitely have uh, an interesting little mix-up at lightweight. Speaking Next- of lightweight. That was so awkward. You should leave it in, Angelo. The only person that looked bad for was Jacob. <laughs> I mean, what was that? Where did that come from? I thought that's what he was going to lead with, so I was just trying to beat him to the punch. And oh, you were like, mimicking Angela's voice? Yeah, like, oh, speaking of lightweight, we've and, got a And if you did match-up. beat me to the punch, then what? You well, been like, oh. well, let me tell you, let me explain to you what actually happened. You did a weird voice and just caused a moment of silence where we just kind of looked at you like, what was that about? That's kind of what <laughs> really the happened. Comedy. The best comedy is when I laugh and nobody else laughs. Right. You know what? I, am I don't even leave. think you laughed. You kind of stood there. You're like <laughs> waiting for us to laugh. No, I, I think I thought it was hilarious. So it does. It's all matters to me. I'm the funniest person I know. So do that voice again. Let's want to hear it. Oh, and the next in the light spell. Wait, I was speaking of lightweight matches. We've got a fun one coming up for you in this main event. Very, very <laughs> tricky. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Angelo, what do you think of this fight? All right, let's go. I'm leaving all of this in, by the way. Well, now I just became I just passed it off to you. You just got to keep going with it. Next up at UFC 262, we have Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler for the lightweight title of the world. Very, very interesting fight. 
I have followed most of Michael Chandler's career in Bellator. So when he came over, um, I wasn't surprised he won. Uh, I didn't think he'd win the way he did. And Michael Chandler's been in some wars and I'm waiting for his chin to give out. And it hasn't. This is a very interesting fight. Oliviera is a killer. Michael Chandler is not as technical as Oliviera, but also a killer and has wrestling. I do Ch- love the significant strike line. Just, you got you got uh, Charles Oliveira. No, it's Oliveira. Is it Oliveira? I've been calling him Charles Oliveira. He trains ATC. I call him Oliveira. Everyone I know calls him Oliveira. Maybe you're technically right. I mean, uh, yeah, that's why there's an we call e, George. Oliveira. George. Well, you're going to feel real stupid when you go back to the gym. Well, I mean, everyone else is going to feel stupid, too, because they all call him Oliveira. <laughs> this is like the George Jorge conversation all over again. Well, that's another one where I know it's Jorge, but I know a lot of people call him George, too. Well, either way, the only thing I'm very, very confident in right now is the significant strike line. I went more on both. I would recommend the same. Both of these guys are super tough. I don't see either one of them getting put away early. 45 and a half strikes, significant strikes. I see that getting landed by the third round, second round, maybe. So I went more on both. I'm very confident in that. And if you want to play that line, go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Use promo code WWP. And if Jacob's Lock of the Week hits, you'll get an extra 10 free dollars just because Monkey Knife Fight loves us and they love you. So you got to go back and find out who the Lock of the Week was. It could be right now. Well, hopefully they're watching in consecutive order. So uh, Jacob, we'll see. Since we'll you're see. talking, who do you think wins? And do you think this is as close as I do, or is this pretty one sided for you? Man, I've gone back and forth and back and forth. Michael Chandler was in my lineup. I thought, I think he just comes in and dominates this fight. Uh, He was going to be my lock of the week. And the only thing that it took to change my mind was one morning I I woke up. I'm checking Instagram, doing my research as I normally do every morning for the channel. You know, flipping through my Instagram. And there was a video where Charles, it was Charles Oliveira's top 10 submissions or something. And it's the most ridiculous thing. I think he's got the most submissions in UFC history, but the way he, he doesn't just, he doesn't set up submissions. He just, by the time you realize there's a submission about to happen, you're already choked out. It's the, the speed at which he gets these submissions is just unreal. So if, if you're Michael Chandler and it, it's like, do you wrestle? I, I, I would be scared to death to shoot anything on this guy because the way he can just grab your neck at any second, it's like, I think Michael Chandler just has to come out and be a striker and throw power shots, which, you know, Charles can, can counter and is also a very good sh- a striker in his own right. So, you know, originally I, I liked Michael Chandler to be able to find a way to strategically wrestle Charles and neutralize his jujitsu. But literally all it took was me watching Charles's top 10 submissions to realize this is going to be very, very tough for Michael Chandler to be in this fight, to win this fight. I think he's definitely tough enough. I, I agree. I, I think the more and more on this is, is a good, unless Michael Chandler comes in and throws that bomb and lands that bomb that I think he has to land um, in this fight. I don't see him getting taken down um, by Charles. You know, maybe if there's a weird scramble where Michael does shoot and Charles reverses the position. Um, but I think this turns into kind of a, str- a striking battle. And I think Charles has the length and is, is good enough to win that fight. So, you know, Charles found his way in my lineup. Originally I had Chandler in the lineup. Uh, I thought he was going to win. He was going to be my lock of the week. I've gone all the way to the other side to where I think that Charles wins this fight, becomes the champion. 
Um, and I don't know anyone in the division that's going to beat him for a little bit. Um, so I, I like him to be to win this title, Charles Oliveira. So I have Michael Chandler in my lineup. Um, I think he wins. I can afford Oliveira in my lineup because everybody on this card is pretty affordable. Um, but I do have Michael Chandler. But let me break down Charles Oliveira. He's got better, more technical striking. He's very dynamic with his kicks. I don't think Michael Chandler throws any kicks. Uh, he obviously has better jujitsu. Um, what Michael Chandler has is wrestling power and just championship mentality and grit. Michael Chandler is a champion, is a former champion, was a champion for a long time, can be in those ridiculous wars. Now that could be a problem because he's, he's been hit a few times. He's been in those wars, but Oliviera has as well. So I think they're about even as far as wear and tear in their body is concerned. Well, Michael Chandler has ridiculous wrestling skills, has ridiculous power, and he is a champion. He's just one of those people. It is in his body to be a champion. He doesn't know how to not be. Where Oliviera, his career has yo-yoed a bit. And, you know, there, there's times where he just doesn't show up. You know, some of those losses, it's like, what happened here? Where Michael Chandler's really never had those times. He's been beat, but he never got beat because he just looked like crap and didn't show up. He got beat in a drag him out war. He got beat because he wasn't the better fighter and then won the rematch or whatever it was. So I, I think Michael Chandler's wrestling poses more of a threat than Charles Oliveira's striking. As much as that makes sense. I don't think Oliveira is going to submit Michael Chandler and you're right. He's real tricky. He catches everybody in their scrambles. That's actually very similar to how Nick Newell, the, uh, the other guy in the show, who's not on now because he's the other guy. I <laughs> like you said, the other guy. Like the other guy, like it's not Nick Newell. Oh, the other well, he's, he's fighting for Bellator. So he's full training camp and, and can't do this with us for a few weeks. He fights June 11th, but he's very similar where Nick, if you watch he, before he fought Justin Gagey, he was 13 and Oh, with 12 first round stoppages and like 10 of them were submission. And they're all just out of nowhere in a scramble. He sees an opportunity. He takes it in a scramble. Olivier is the same way. With that being said, Michael Chandler is just such a great wrestler with such great hips. He's been in MMA for a very long time. I don't see him getting caught. I do see the power. I was questioning Michael Chandler going into his first UFC fight against Dan Hooker. I thought Dan Hooker was just more technical on his feet and was going to get it done. And that is not what happened. And Michael Chandler is my pick. He's in my DraftKings lineup. And I'm going more and more on the Monkey Knife Fight Significant Strike line to triple my money. Daniel, what are your thoughts? I mean, I've got so much I want to say right now, Angelo, but let's just start with this because I had to listen to you call him Oliviera for the last 15 minutes. All right, so let's just. Oliveira. Hey, shout out to the editing team there. That was, that was nice. I like that. Let's just take it from the top and redo this, and you should probably <laughs> change your analysis too. I'm not saying your pick is. Wrong. I'm not picking uh, Chandler, but I mean, some things in your breakdown, I, I just don't see it going that way. I, I think this fight, I, I agree. This is a tough fight um, for both fighters. Okay. Um, Chandler, he, I mean, he made me a lot of money the last time uh, when, when he made his UFC debut because everybody was, was against him. Uh, I bet him for inside the distance. I bet him to win. Uh, I hit a bunch of props. 
I made a ton of money off Chandler uh, in, in his de debut. So I hate to see him go up against my boy Oliveira because, uh, I mean, again, this is not uh, this is not going to be a one way beat down for either guy. I don't think, um, but I think Oliveira is going to get it done. So the other thing too, in, in your breakdown, you said he he looked bad in some of his fights. You mean the ones that were prior to his nine fight winning streak? Yeah, that was four years. No, he ago. looks great. I said in the past, there's been times where he just didn't show up, and he has. Of course, when he ago. fought his brother when he was eight years old, he probably you know no, lost okay. a fight maybe. Okay. When I was a kid, I, I a nine fight win when, streak. I, when I was a kid, I lost fights to my sister. I would dominate her right now. Those are well documented uh, on previous episodes. I know you would definitely take it now. What do you think oh, the yeah. odds would be? You versus your sister? You'd I would be, be like at least one fifty. One fifty. At Minus one fifty. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, anyways, all right. So just breaking down the two fighters. So Oliveira, nine fight win streak, absolute tear. I I think. I mean, I I know some some people who know the sport very well that think he is the best submission artist in all of MMA, UFC. Like he is that good on the ground. Um, you know, he's got in his nine fight win streak. They're all finishes too, except for guess who? Tony Ferguson, of course, the guy who's unfinishable. Um, so great jujitsu, unbelievable jujitsu, all that good stuff. He's a very diverse striker and he's been improving his striking every fight. You can see it. He's, he's starting to get more diverse, throwing different things, landing, staying in guys' faces. Um, so I, I tried to, you know, watching tape, I mean, I've seen all those fights, but I wanted to find uh, a fight where he fought a wrestler with power. So Kevin Lee was kind of the most recent closest fight to kind of look at. Not that it's the exact same style as Chandler, um, but whatever, we'll call it similar for the, for the sake of argument. So Oliveira looked very, very good striking, was not afraid to trade with Lee, which I don't know if that's a good thing to be honest. But the entire first round was grappling, um, which I think in this fight worked in his benefit because it took the power out of Lee for the second. So I think Oliveira has a huge advantage of being able to shoot a bad takedown, end up on his back or on the guard or just on the ground somewhere. And A, he's still dangerous. And B, it takes all that explosion out of Chandler in the first round. So I don't know what he's going to do, but honestly, I wouldn't. I would love to see him shoot some, call him bad takedowns, not get him. Just, just that first round, take the pop out of Chandler early because man, that first few minutes of any fight, Michael Chandler can knock anybody out. It doesn't matter who you are. We saw it in his last fight. He's got a bomb of a right hand. Um, so I, I just think Oliveira has got to, got, got to figure out a way to extend this fight out of the first round where, where Chandler is that dangerous with his power. Um, as far as his submissions go on the ground, I mean, you kind of talked about it. He's live from anywhere. Heel hooks. He's got tons of sweeps that he uses, you know, uh, submissions that go to sweeps just from anywhere. So he uses it to create scamb scrambles um, and he'll give up takedowns easy to do that. So I don't think, I think if um, Chandler were smart, I don't think he would go for a takedown in this fight. I think he would try to keep it standing and use his striking early. I think that's honestly, that is the, I don't think it'll happen, but I think that's really his only path to victory in this fight that's is to land, to land a big bomb early. If he doesn't do that over time, 
I think he will fade. Um, the one thing we're forgetting too, right? He looks so awesome in his UFC debut, but I know going into that, a lot of people are like, all right, how's his cardio going to look in the UFC? You know, his first time. And we never got to see that, right? Good for him. He got, got a knockout in whatever it was under a minute. Um, but I'll be interesting to, it'll be interesting to see if this fight goes past the, you know, second, third round, what does Chandler look like? My guess is that if he starts getting tired, he's going to resort to his instincts, which is wrestling and get subbed. So I'm thinking if Oliveira can withstand that onslaught in the first round um, and not get clocked by a big shot from Chandler as the fight goes on, I think he's going to start figuring out scrambles, whatever, however he does it, sloppy takedown, pull guard, go for a heel hook, get on the ground somehow and catch Chandler. So He's in my lineup, Oliveira. Um, it is a risky play in DraftKings because the downside is, you know, an early an early knockout. But um, I think there's a ton of upside. So if you play multi multi entry lineups, you probably want both sides of this one. But uh, I got Oliveira in my lineup for our cash game. I think he's going to win the fight, and I think he will be, uh, you know, the new champion, and, gonna, and he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah I mean, but I got hold on. I got I got a fun story about Michael Chandler real quick that you're really going to enjoy Angelo um, because he was he was on he was getting ready to leave for vacation with his wife. They stopped at the airport. His wife bought him his favorite candy bar, Angelo, which is a Snickers. And right before he could eat that Snickers, he got a phone call that said, do you want to fight for the title? And he said yes. And he immediately just put the Snickers uh, in his bag and said, I'm going to save this for after the fight. So he's got a Snickers in his bag that he's waiting to eat after the fight that he didn't eat because he immediately went to training camp um, even on the vacation. So. I thought that was a fun fact that you would like um, or that you would enjoy because it involved. But he was hungry though, right? At the time. Right. Yeah. So why wait? Why wait? Angelo okay. wouldn't. I know that. No, it's a great job. Guys. Come on. That, was job. That, that Snickers sponsorship is just right, I mean, right I there. I nailed that. Us. They'll be calling any day now, Angelo. You'll <laughs> thank me when the checks are coming in. Uh, you know, I, I just, no, I don't think anybody here is wrong. I, I just think. If you go through their record and see who they've beaten. Well, I think, well, I think we think you're wrong. You're like, I don't think anyone's wrong. <laughs> you're the one that would be the wrong. Somebody wrong. has to be wrong. You picked one side. We picked yeah. the other yeah, side. And, and so what, how my, it my analysis is that Chandler has a ton of power, phenomenal wrestling and is a champion. I mean, look at who they beat. Look at the wars they've been in. Uh, you, you, so, are, you are not wrong. You're correct. Like he, Eddie Alvarez, go watch Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez one and two and tell me that guy is not a champion. Like Eddie Alvarez. And this Michael feels like Chandler. a very different Angelo than uh, was in the, the live stream the other day. I don't know. It sounds like a. I'm more composed. A, so a different, Eddie, a different take on uh, on Chandler. I think I just think you know, no, my fear with Michael Chandler is he's on his way to Cowboyville. He's been in some absolute wars and beatings, and he's gonna he's eventually gonna turn that corner because he's been through too much. With that being said. I think Charles Oliveira or Oliveira, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Like he's phenomenal. He's like, I just don't see him as a champion. I don't see him as a champion. I don't think he's championship cow. He's on a nine fight win streak. It's phenomenal. But who in that win streak is Jim Miller, Clay Guida, like yeah, but Nick he's Lentz. Beat, he's He's Nick Lentz's his last fight in the UFC. Like, yeah, but he, yeah, but he, it's not like those are like decision wins where he looks okay. Oh, I got you, man. He's, he's dominating he everyone. Dominating I, everyone. I'm not trying to dog him. I'm just it sounds saying. like you are because you just said I don't think he's a champion. So I, I don't mean, think he's a champion. Everybody's a champion. 
I mean, there's tons of phenomenal this guys fighting for the title. And he's dominating his last nine fights. If that doesn't, if that's not, he's, he's a hundred percent earned his title shot. I don't think he beats anybody else. Like, I think this is both of their best chance to be a UFC champion. Honestly, I think Charles Oliveira is the best. Yeah, well, I mean, they're fighting for the title, so that would be a good assumption. Yeah. But like, I don't think either one of them beat uh, Dustin Poirier. I don't think either one of them beat. Um, uh, God, who the hell kicked the crap out of? We just talked about him, Justin Gagey. So anyway, I uh, I, I, the one, I think the one. Go sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I just say the the one thing I I, I hope we don't see and uh, out of Oliveira is in that Kevin Lee fight. I will say he was willing to just walk forward and take shots to give him. Man, I hope I hope we don't see that early out of him against Chandler because Lee Lee's powerful, right? But it's a different level of power and popping his step than it is with Chandler uh, early. So I'm hoping he's got a game plan to weather that storm and just do something to grapple or just. Every, play it every, safe, stay on the outside. Yeah, every, everyone usually, when they want to watch fights, they want to see striking. But I would like to see Chandler on top and, and Charles using his grappling from the bottom. And I want to, I want to, I would like to see if Chandler can control Charles on the ground. Because if he, if he wins his fight by getting takedowns and controlling Charles on the ground, that would be even more impressive than knocking him out. I think. I don't think. I don't think Chandler is going to go for a takedown. I don't I think really, so either. No, unless I, he gets I mean, tired or hurt later in the fight and his no, instincts. Me, me and you are in complete agreement that if Chandler wants to win, I think he has to use his. He has to win with his striking. So, but I think it would be it would be unbelievable if he was able to use his grappling and still win. That would be crazy. Yeah, it, it's a fun fight. I, I wish this fight was like five years ago, four years ago, honestly. Um, but but it is a fun fight. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I have Michael Chandler in my lineup. I could afford Charles Charles Oliveira. I just don't. I don't know, man. It's it's super tight. Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow feeling differently. But that's how I feel. It's a great week. It's not the biggest named card on the planet, but these fights are all awesome, top to bottom. Check out playmkf.com/slash we want picks. Make a deposit. Monkey Knife Fight will instantly match your deposit. And then play $20 or more. And if Jacob hits the lock of the week, you get 10 free dollars. Lots of stuff going on this week. Lots of ways to make money. Lots of ways to have some fun. Check out our DraftKings lineups, our final DraftKings lineups, and our full betting guide the rest of this week. We will see you Saturday.